back everybody to rodeo radio episode 162 we are approaching that 200th episode quickly before you know it and it's actually going kind of fast and uh i'm grateful that everybody who's tuned in everybody who's watching everybody's watching live everybody who's supporting who's liking and subscribing because we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you guys so we want to thank you guys first for being here and supporting rodeo radio with that being said um not only do we have a great lineup tonight but the next couple of weeks are going to be really, really great. I got some great guests coming in just like tonight. We got some great guests. So um, I don't have that many announcements other than submit your music at rodeonradio at gmail.com along with videos, music, and a short bio. Please include a short bio. It could be a paragraph long. Just give a quick description of what you do if you're an actor, if you're an athlete, uh, singer, rapper, whatever. Uh, we are always looking for great content and people to submit their music. People are always asking me, you know, what what do I got to qualify? Just submit your music. So all you got to do, we'll look at it and get back to you in a timely manner. Um, other than that, subscribe to Freaky Tales. Um, other than that, DocuMixery.com. For those of you that want to buy merch, uh, for those of you guys that want to buy the scanless hats, who want to buy the shirts, who want to buy the hoodies, who want to buy whatever, uh, DocuMixery.com. So... Without further ado, please allow me to introduce my very special guest of the night, Sayless. How are you? Good, good. Happy I'm, to be here. Thank yes. you for having me. I'm glad you're here. Um, you know, uh, wh wh where? how far did you drive from? I drove from right, like, from Los Angeles County. Okay. So it was like a little mission, you know, a little 40-minute drive, but it was worth it. Right. You know what? It, it, it really isn't that far, but when you got LA traffic. Yes. Yeah. Yo, we caught the worst time for, <laughs> as well, because, you know, at 4 p.m., Yasip wanted, like, a hell of traffic, yeah. so it was bad, but good thing I made it in on time. Yes, yes. I'm glad you're here. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to have a great time, uh, but you know what? I wanted to ask you, where originally are you from? Are you from LA? Yes, yes. Okay. I'm from South Central Los Angeles, California, you know. I was born and raised there. I literally have been living there since I was a kid. So. Oh, yeah? Yeah, but I moved around. Like, I don't have a certain street where I grew up on. I literally moved around all South Central, you know. It, mm -hmm. was, it was hectic growing up, but we did it. We did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, now what, what, let, let me ask you this. What elementary school did you attend? 
I attended so many. So I attended Trinity Elementary School. I attended so many. I can't really? even, yes. Um, I also attended one called um, Center for Advanced Learning, mm-hmm. and that's like by um, Central and MLK, I believe. Okay. Yeah, so there was a couple. Okay. Mm-hmm. What about uh, your middle school? Middle school, John Adams. Okay. I thought, you, I thought you could say Carver. No, not Carver. <laughs> what about a uh, high school? High school, Santee. Yeah, okay. I got. I went like when it was barely opening up. So it's, it's still a pretty new school because mm-hmm. Jefferson yeah. High School has been around way longer. Yeah, mm-hmm. been around a long time. Yeah. Uh, uh, I know, I, you know, I, I'm very familiar with that area, so that's why I ask. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, you know what? Today I was watching something, and I want to bring it up, mm-hmm. and I want to encourage uh, people to watch it if you haven't watched it. There's a movie on Netflix, and it's kind of old but it's a story about a female rapper named Roxanne Shantae, and it's called Roxanne Roxanne. So if oh. you ever get a chance, check it out. It's on Netflix. Roxanne Roxanne is a story about a new year. Uh, true story. Uh, I believe it's a true story about a female rapper named Roxanne Shantae. Oh, that's so dope. Yeah. What is it like her upcoming, like her story for coming She's up? She's a rapper from the eighties. Oh, dude, Yeah. And so she dope. grew up in the same, if I'm correct, the same either apartment complex or projects yeah. that Nas did. Oh, and she's older than Nas, and they actually yeah. gave Nas well a character in their a little cameo appearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so dope that they yeah. even have a movie about her, yo. I yes. haven't even heard of it. Yeah, you need to check it out. Uh, yeah. It's pretty good. I was rewatching it today, and I just said, you know what? Let me bring it up since we have a female coming in. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be uh, dope because you know that's where hip hop started. In yeah, New York, yeah. You know exactly. Yeah. So with that being said, do you do you watch a lot of TV? Not really. If I do, it's like Netflix, you know, Hulu, but not like actual cable TV. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know. I don't know too many people that still watch regular TV. I don't. I don't know either, honestly. And like, I think you need like a box now. You can't just watch it like if you buy a TV. I think mm-hmm. you need like a box to watch channels. Right. So you might as well just get right. Netflix, eight dollars, you know, <laughs> a month. Or the Fire Stick. <laughs> yeah, exa- exactly. And and the reason why I bring that up is because. Like yesterday, I was watching a little bit TV and I turned on the news and that's pretty much all I watch. Now, when it's football season, I watch a lot of sports, okay. uh, you know, whether it's boxing, whether it's football, whether it's basketball, whether it's baseball. That's really when I watch TV. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I watch the Netflix or YouTube, you know, but uh, um, I rarely ever watch just regular TV. I you know. <laughs> what about radio? Do you, what, do you listen to a lot of radio? Yes, but like... Well, not actual radio. I think I listen to more like um, streaming services like Apple Music, okay. Spotify, but not really the radio. It's like literally every time I get in a car, we put on Bluetooth. So it's not actual radio radio. Oh, but, okay. but I do love listening to just like um, 96.3, mm-hmm. 105.9 if I do listen to the radio. Those, okay. are, my, those are my go-to stations. You know, and, and I ask those <laughs> questions a lot and I'll tell you why. Because one thing that I get a lot from a lot of artists is that they rarely listen to the actual radio stations mm-hmm. and they rarely, if ever, watch regular TV. <laughs> and, and I'm wondering, <laughs> I mean, if on what it looks like, like that's going to be a thing of the past almost. You think so? Yeah. You know, I go to my friend's house and their kids, mm-hmm. they don't watch TV. Everything's YouTube. Yeah. Like YouTube is their TV. Exactly. Like even the, this show is on YouTube. It's not yes. even like on TV. That's messed up. Hopefully not though. Yeah, Hopefully not yeah. because we still need that regular. Well, like, like yes. All that good I, stuff. I mean, like me, 
I used to love going to record stores. Mm -hmm. You know, when, when we used to look through records and we used to buy albums and then that yeah. went out and then CDs and then just no more record stores. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. believe it or not, I still like buying CDs. <laughs> I, I still do. Yeah, yeah. I, I know that it's easier to watch it on YouTube or to download it from YouTube or whatever, mm -hmm. but I still like hard copies. Like yeah. I still buy movies, hard copies, mm -hmm. and I put them on whenever I want. You know? oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it does seem like it's going to be a thing of the past. And uh, I hope not, I hope you know, so. Yeah, I actually have a CD. So it's like, hopefully they don't get left behind <laughs> because I'm selling CDs right now. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yes, of yeah. my brand new projects. So I, but I was like, even though a lot of people don't use them still, I feel like it's um, just necessary because, you know, people can listen to my music, but it's free and it's not really theirs. So with the CD, it's like they actually own something that's theirs. Right. Even though the music is mine, like the CD is theirs, you know, so right. it kind of adds a lot of value to that yes yeah. yes it does mm -hmm. now uh, now let me ask you this uh, um as far as music is concerned do you have any favorite artists L let's just stick to the radio you said every once in a while you listen to the radio yeah, yeah. any artists that are on the radio right now that you dig even if it's not rap megan Thee stallion okay. i love her um drizzy flo millie I like Drake. I do like Drake really? too. Yeah, yeah. And it's a lot of mainstream are going on right now. Right. Like I don't. It, the, I think the only station that plays like old school is ninety five point one and ninety nine point one. Mm -hmm. But I was just listening to um, what was it? I forgot what was the song that I was just listening to. Literally. Oh my god, I had like a brain fart, but <laughs> it was like an old school song. But yeah, like when it comes to mainstream, I do like Megan Thee Stallion. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, now, now when artists. you say. Yeah, I like Drake. Why do you say it like that? Because I know a lot of guy rappers <laughs> that will say, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I like Drake. It's almost <laughs> like it's an embarrassment. I, I, is well, it? It's not really an embarrassment, but it's just that he's so mainstream that, you know, like you kind of just know that that's going to be somebody's favorite rapper, you know? Right. But like you got to give him his, his credit. Like he did what he had to do for a long time and, yeah. he, and he's still doing it. So yeah, I, I like him it. and he's on the radio all the time. So he's one of the ones that I like. Yeah. Like, yeah, I won't skip his music on the radio, you know? Okay, mm -hmm. okay. You know what? I've tried to listen to him, and I just can't get into it. You can't? No. Know? Like, okay, like, let me give you an example. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just not my cup of tea. Uh, you're familiar, or you heard of the rapper LL Cool J, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you familiar with his song, came out in the 80s, I Need Love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Th that was the first of its kind when he came out with that song and now girls loved it like mm -hmm. he did it right okay. you know he had his hard stuff like when he was rapping and dropping bars mm -hmm. and then when he came out with that like that love song in, in a sense it hit everywhere okay. but it opened up a whole new a door for a, of an audience mm -hmm. and it was women now are bumping ll when before ll was somewhat more of a guy thing yeah okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though that song was huge, my point is that I didn't like it. I was just like, dude, like this is <laughs> this is not my LL, mm -hmm, you know? Yeah. So I think that Drake saw like, okay, he did it. Mm -hmm. I think I can capitalize off of this because nobody else is doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it works. And mm -hmm. it works because the majority of his fans are girls. Yeah, exactly. Are, are girls. But you know what? I can't hate on that because he's doing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's doing it. That's um, so true. And like, well, with Drake, he, like, he's cool, you know? He's cool. He just, um, I feel like a lot of people think that he's stolen, like, a lot of, like, like some of his biggest hits have been from music that he has, like, from beats that he has gotten off of other 
like um I think it was like Who Do You Love? And he stole that from like Rapid Forte, the Players Club. So yeah. like a lot of the stuff. So maybe yeah, he's he's still cool, you know, but there's still a couple of things that I like. You know who believe it or not, uh, and I do believe that there to a certain extent there's a lot of artists, not just him, yeah. that have stolen from other artists. Yeah, and don't give him their credit. You yes. know, like, yes. he, I don't think I ever heard him say anything like, oh, yeah, I got it from Rapper Forte, for nothing. Right. Yeah, like, it's cool. To, I mean, it's okay to do that if you're going to sample it, but you got to give the credit where it's due. Like, if you know that that's where you got it from and you you know you didn't make that up, then you got to just give their credit, you know? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a, a lot of artists have stolen, like, from other artists and like you said never given credit never even acknowledged it yeah. uh, um i'll give you one guy that a lot of rappers in the past have accused them of stealing and this might even surprise you and, and and it may not if you've heard of it a lot of people have said ice cube has stole a lot from a lot of artists oh yeah, yeah you know and and um i'm not gonna say if it's true or not true but i will say that it's from a lot of credible people that I heard it, mm -hmm. and I I say those guys wouldn't lie. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? And that's not to take away like credit from Ice Cube being a dope, talented rapper, mm -hmm. but if but you if, stole, you stole. Yeah, and then like you said, like if you're not giving the credit, then you just really look like you you like <laughs> trying to take somebody else's right. his swag. Like you right. can't do that. Yeah. You know, th there's a uh, a comedian. I don't know if you ever heard of him. His name is Carlos Mencia. Okay. He was really, really huge at one point, mm -hmm. like really selling out uh, stadiums, not just like clubs, but yeah. stadiums, uh, 14,000, 20,000, whatever. And um, somebody put him on blast live on stage. They went out, they called him out mm -hmm. because he was literally stealing jokes from, from comedians that were of a lesser, uh, I guess, stature or famous. They yeah, weren't that famous. Yeah. And he was stealing their jokes and then taking those jokes putting them on a bigger platform, like on a HBO, and everybody thought that these guys were stealing from him. Yeah, from him. Yeah. Because he had, like, a bigger audience, so it was, like, more people could attack the right. little ones. That's crazy. Right, and the guy, uh, I won't mention the guy's name, mm -hmm. but the guy put him on blast, and believe it or not, his career went downhill. After that, like? At, like, down, he, he couldn't sell no more stadiums. Uh, his agency pretty much like from what I heard mm -hmm. whether this part is true or not they dropped him they didn't want nothing to do with him uh, uh, nobody wanted to see him they started releasing videos of the lesser comedians with him and they were putting those jokes side by side and it was true that, that. Yeah, and yeah, now yeah. every time he does a uh, interview they always bring that oh up. my god i mean can you imagine <laughs> me asking you so you stole you know cardi b's lyrics you know so yeah, yeah but that's messed up you know like how are you gonna do that it, it yeah is. then you're gonna get away with it for it, so long i think <laughs> i think if he would have admitted it and apologized mm -hmm. i think maybe maybe you know the, that industry would have forgave him but he still denies it to this day when there's proof. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah like if he yeah. would have said it, things probably would have turned out differently, you know? Right. And right. change that, obviously. Don't it, be stealing exactly. people's stuff no more. <laughs> be so before we change the subject, uh, yeah, yeah. let me bring this up. Robin Williams, rest in peace, the comedian, mm -hmm. okay? Yeah. He said that he would be up on stage and many times jokes would come out that he heard from another comedian. Like, it's almost like if you're rapping and all of a sudden lyrics come just happened from yeah. a different rapper 
he came out one time and said that he would do that. And um, he would call up that comedian that he took it from and write him a check and tell him, hey, man, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. This slipped out. Mm -hmm. It came out. But I'm giving you your credit and your money. Oh, you see, that's that's how yes. you do it. That's right. how you build, like, great connections as well. You know, like, right. they're going to be like, oh, well, he paid me. You know, if you need another joke, come back again. Right, right. <laughs> Type of thing. Yeah, that's that's good. That's so, good. So now, I'm, definitely, I'm definitely like that too, yes, you know? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. we, and we have to be like that, especially in, in this industry, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, now, let me ask you this. Are you a fan of Chicano rap? Yes, but yeah. it does, like... I'm a fan of it. I just don't listen to it on a daily basis. Like I'm right. really the type of person that, if like I like that's I don't just stick to one genre. Like I listen right. to everything and anything. Sometimes I'm feeling reggaeton. Sometimes right. I'm feeling um, rap. Sometimes I'm feeling R and B. Like it's it's not something that I'm like oh that's that's what I live and die right. for. You know. Okay. So mm -hmm. so you listen to uh, I look, many genres. Yes. Exactly. Okay, not just one. All okay. Kind of music. Mm -hmm. Would, do you consider yourself a Chicana rapper? at the moment like i just consider myself a, a rapper an artist yes an artist because like i don't want to just label myself especially not right now such early like beginning of what i'm doing i don't want to label myself and like have people thinking and that's all i'm gonna do because i that i don't think that's all i'm gonna stick to like right like if you listen to my music, like I have a little bit of rap and then I have a little bit of like Janae Eiko samples and just different type of things that I don't think I'll just label myself a Chicano rapper, no. Okay, okay. Yes. But I wouldn't mind it. Like if somebody said it, that's fine. But you know, that's not all that I am. I'm like way more than that too. And I think that's good because you don't ever want to limit yourself. Exactly, you know, And yeah. just say I'm just one genre because mm -hmm. what if, let's just say some record executive hears you do a little bit of singing and approaches you and says, hey, you know what? Uh, I want to do an all-singing album with you. Would you consider it? And then you say, no, I'm just a Chicano rapper. Yeah, and now I just lost the whole bag yeah. <laughs> because you, you, I, didn't, I didn't want to tap in and get out of my comfort zone, right. you know? exactly. Yeah, and so, I'm all about that. Like, if I, I'll, even if I don't, like, like like feel so certain about mm -hmm. doing something i'm just gonna do it you know like get out of my comfort zone because sometimes that's good like sometimes change can be a good thing you know yes and yeah like really even good. in my new project you kind of listen to it like you could hear like all different types of genres like i didn't just stick to one mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now let me pick your brain a little bit when it comes to music uh do you listen at all to any old school music yes. like whether it's old school funk whether it's old school uh hip-hop yes. do you uh, is there any old school artists that like some of your favorites that you can name? Biggie, definitely. I love Jay Dilla. I love his music and his like Jay beats. Dilla, really? Yes, yeah, he's really cool. Um, Jay Z is a, a really good one that I like too. Yeah. And when it comes to women, I love Lil Kim, yeah. Foxy Brown. You know, really, really dope artists though you, mm -hmm. you mentioned more east coast rappers artists yeah than but i west think coast. i think that's where it kind of originated from so i'll just be like stuck like stuck to it but i do like west coast like i do like tupac but i'm more of a biggie fan like really yes but i i, I listen to tupac you know i just like how billy delivered his flows and yeah. certain things and that's just kind of like what i gravitated towards more he's so like raunchy and just right. ruthless okay mm -hmm. okay you probably already gave me your answer but i'm gonna ask you uh biggie released a double cd album called life after death Mm -hmm. And then Tupac released a double CD album uh, in the 90s called um, All Eyes On Me. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
if you had to choose one, which one would you take, the biggie or the puck? The biggie. <laughs> yes, I, they have Sky's the Limit. Life After That, I, I believe it has Sky's the Limit, wow. which I listen to all the time. Um, yeah, it has to be biggie. I have to, okay, I have that, to that's go cool. with biggie. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why that's surprising. <laughs> uh, the reason why that's surprising is because if I've asked that question maybe 100 times, I will say 95% it's Puck. Puck? Yeah, so that's good that you mm -hmm. that you know you're different i guess mm -hmm. and, and you're tasting music like you said little kim and you said uh a foxy couple, brown foxy mm -hmm. brown like you know but i'm thinking to myself the reason why that trips me out as being an older man is because when i hear you say these artists these artists dropped their albums possibly before you were born <laughs> yeah. so i trip out you know yeah exactly i know i do trip out too that i can like why do i like like i gravitate more towards old school music like even when it comes to like everything else that i hear i love alia i love selena like really old school music that i'm just like damn i should have been born like in that time <laughs> you know but right. it's just they their delivery was very different than now you know the music was it, it has definitely changed what, what, what do you think it is uh, of the old school artists that you like compared to like the newer artists, like you just finished saying, if I'm correct, you like more of the older stuff. Mm -hmm. You felt that you were born in, in a different era. What do you think it is about the the older stuff that maybe the newer stuff doesn't have? Mm -hmm. You know, do you know what that is? Like, like, why do you listen, if you will, why are you such a fan of the older stuff more than the newer stuff? I feel like back then they were, like artists would actually put their time and their energy into things like like you have um songs that were four to five minutes long long yes. music you know and and nowadays like people don't really make music that's up to three minutes especially rap music you know yes. a lot of that like they don't really put their time and effort into it. it's more about like oh wanting to get the streams and the plays and like back then i do feel like the music like it came from the artist from the soul and the heart you know and it wasn't just to get streams or payments or i, I think that's what it kind of is that i think i gravitate more towards because even like when it comes to like um like let's go back to biggie like a lot of his music had like verses but it also had people singing in the background all kind of like dope things that i feel like a lot of not old like new school rappers are not are not tapping into you know like yeah. other other things that can expand their audience as well yeah it's just like trap or trap or you know things like that yeah mm -hmm. you know I, I don't i know what trap is but i just don't understand it I just, <laughs> me either sometimes i'm like man it has to be the beat because you can't even understand what they be saying I, sometimes yeah, like <laughs> you know but I, li I really really like what you said especially coming from somebody of this generation because you know uh like i've met people that are about your age you know uh young kids you know mm -hmm. young individuals that you know they're into the takashi's the little palms the travis scott's the you know all, all of that uh, the amigos all and right. stuff like that mm -hmm. and and i don't knock those artists as hustle i i don't yeah, yeah, yeah. but my thing is like dude like that music, our old, old school music was better than that <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, like, yo. Like, like, you know they put their heart and effort into it. And like like I said, nowadays, I don't think I found a song that's longer than three minutes. I don't, there's not as many, right. you know, there's very few of them. Uh, um, I, I said this in one of my last interviews. Um, I produced my very first album in 1990, came out in 1991, and we were signed to a major label. We did a song on there that was a it was there was supposed to be three verses three different rappers okay 
that the last rapper couldn't make it. He just said, I'm not going to be able to be there on time. We needed to to, to uh, finish the album and turn it in by a, a certain deadline. Mm -hmm. It would be like me saying, hey, you got until October 31st to finish up your album. Okay. And let's just say it's the 30th and it's the last day of recording. Like, okay, we need to finish this. Yeah, you're like, what so am I going to do? So that's what happened. So we turned in that one song only with two verses. And it was a dope, dope song, okay? Mm. The company didn't want to release it. They were like, it's too short. Really? It's too short. And how long was it? It was like two minutes long. Like That's there was, so crazy. Yeah, it was like, so crazy. Like today, w w the crazy part is all the songs are like that yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's weird that they wouldn't want to release it. They're yeah, like, yeah, they're like, no, no, it, it needs another verse. It needs another verse. Who would have thought that that would be today's norm? Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. You listen to songs like More Bounce are like 10 or 13 minutes long. Songs like by Funkadelic, Knee Deep, uh, 13 minutes long yeah. you listen to the long version of atomic dog and we listen to those songs all the way through mm -hmm. today you have two minute songs and we can't wait for those motherfuckers to finish <laughs> that is so true and i think like that that 10 minute song that you were talking about the more bounce that's like a somebody's album my that's like my ep right now yeah exactly yeah. exactly and think about this all they say is more bounce to the yeah. it's just keep repeating the same <laughs> shit and it's still a fucking classic it's still a classic but i think because they take their time with the beat too yes. and then like in the spaces they they let you like feel the whole music you know here's what i believe and i again i know people say oh he's just hating no <laughs> i just need to try to make a point and i think you'll agree they made songs that were gonna last a lifetime forever mm -hmm. okay i mean look at I was in, back then it was junior high, we call it middle school today. I was in junior high school when that song came out, okay? And today, I still be bumping. <laughs> that song came out before you were born. Yeah, okay? yeah. And you're bumping it. So they made it a timeless classic. Yeah, yeah. Great music has no expiration date. Mm -hmm. Today's artists will probably be forgotten in less than three years. No, yeah, yeah. Then, like, a lot of the people that are, like, like you said, a lot of the artists, they're not aiming towards like longevity they're literally aiming for like the money right now right like literally like right now on my money pronto you know and it's like longevity is good too because you know you might not get paid right now but if you wait it out you might get paid bigger right. and better next right. time you know like right good things come to those weights so. good things mm -hmm. come to those weights, and, and you're right you need to take your time I'm, i know somebody uh because i listen to a lot of oldies mm -hmm. and when i say oldies just not necessarily the rare ones but like marvin Gaye, mary wells mm -hmm. uh al green and stuff like that and uh, somebody asked me i did an interview said, what why do you think those songs are still classic today like what what do you, what do you think it was about that time that those songs lasted a lot a, like a lifetime here's what i said because they were broke <laughs> that's what i said <laughs> because they were broke they mm -hmm. were hungry and, and they they sung uh with passion mm -hmm. today's music no passion at all no 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 None. passion it's like and like it's kind of messed up because you know like a lot of the music that we listen to right now i don't think i'll like like go back 10 years from now and bump it like i don't think i'll do that you know it's like right. it's still gonna be the old school music so i hopefully like people like me and other artists that actually do genuinely love music change that you know because yes. we need more of that like eventually that's gonna die out and it's like what's gonna what is the right. new thing you know right and there's gotta be and do we jump it. on the next new thing or do we create our own lane mm -hmm. exactly. you see what i'm saying mm -hmm. uh if anything that I can encourage you to do is be different. 
don't go along with the crowd, you know, because everybody's saying, for an example, let's just say, oh, that, the Cardi B shit is hitting right now. That's the sound. Yeah. See, to me, I don't knock her hustle. She's got her own sound. Mm -hmm. But if we continue to copy her, you know, just I'm using her as an example, then we're all going to be Cardi clones. Yeah, and and most likely it's not it's not going to be everlasting. You know, right. no one's going to bump WAP ten years from now. I know I'm not. It was good <laughs> for right now, you know, for like TikTok. But yeah, you gotta. We got to start aiming for longevity. And yeah. I, I hope, now that I'm talking to you about it, I'm like, you know what? I need to make my music longer. I need to put a little <laughs> bit more effort into it. Yeah, and, and go back to that. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. So, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go ahead and press pause right there. We're going to okay. go ahead and take a 10-minute break. We're going to come right back, mm -hmm. and I'm going to talk about the music that you've released, uh, who encouraged you, who motivated you, when did you start you know, rapping, creating your okay. music, and okay, we'll do that. Sure. So, right. okay, everybody, once again, call somebody, text somebody, slap the shit out of somebody, let them know that <laughs> Say Less is in the motherfucking building, South Central, stand up. We'll be back 10 minutes. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodeo and Beto, episode 162. And uh, you know what? I'm not going to really don't have any announcements, so I'm going to say less and jump right back into <laughs> it with Say Less. So, you know what? What inspired that name? Well, growing up in the like in the area that I did in the hood, yes, literally, <laughs> you always hear somebody saying "say less," you know. And at that time, I was like thirteen, fourteen in high school, and people were saying it, but I really didn't think much of it. Like, oh, that's that's gonna. I didn't even think I was gonna be um, doing what I'm doing today, you know. Right. So one day, I just went on Instagram and I changed my name to at say, say less. That was before I even started um, doing music, uh -huh. and from there, I was just like. Oh, well, you know, my name is Leslie. It, it kind of adds up. It's clever, you know? Right. And then after, when I did start making music, I was just like, this is just the perfect name because it's not my actual real name, but it's something that also represents, like, South Central in the hood as well, you right. know? So I'm just like, I'll just take it with me, you know? So say less for, let's just say for somebody who doesn't live in the hood, who lives maybe in Europe or even in Japan, and they're trying to understand, okay, what does say less mean? It'll be like, uh, you know, be quiet. Uh, yeah, don't exactly. Talk much. Uh -huh. Literally what the name actually means. Yeah. You know, no hables. <laughs> but really what I'm trying to say is say less, like say my name, you know, because right. my real name is actually Leslie, you know. Leslie. Mm -hmm. So say Leslie. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. I like people to say it's weird because I'm a rapper and they're like, you should like I've been seeing like little comments like, oh, you should do what your name says and say less. But I'm like, <laughs> yo, it would be dumb if my name was like Natasha and I named myself Say Less. Then I would right. understand, you know, like what what's the point? But right. I think it's pretty clever. And I, like I just, it. you know, it's it's very hood and I feel like it explains like where I come from a lot. So yeah. mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to ask you, um, what type of music did you grow up with at home? As a little girl growing up, what would your mother and your father play? My mom played a lot of Beyonce, so she really? played a lot of like R&B. Yes, because my mom was is from LA, like she was born and raised in Los Angeles. It's like my grandma, who's um, they're they're from the Mexico part, uh -huh. and um, like cumbia, like a lot of cumbia. I was like heavily influenced by seeing like um. The, the guy that my mom was dating at the time, he used to love cumbia, so he would, like, he had a band, and I just hear a lot of cumbia. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was very different stuff, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, I That's some of my favorite music is cumbia. Cumbia? Yeah. So I like that, and I, I like some reggaeton, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm not, I, I don't, believe me, some of the some of the greatest music that, that a lot of Latinos like is salsa. Mm -hmm. I've never really been a fan of salsa music, you know. 
But I love cumbia music, so. It's like that song, um, is that salsa? I'm not even sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I don't really listen to salsa either, if I had to say that. But no, no. it's it's still it's still a cool chatter, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> just, just for the public, your fans may know, or people that are possibly just barely getting introduced to you, mm-hmm. you speak Spanish fluently. Yes, yes, okay. I did. It was mandated. Like, uh, my grandma, she literally would say, like, you're going to learn Spanish because I'm not, gonna, like, you could speak English in school, but at home, you're going to talk to me in Spanish. And so, right. like, I had to just speak Spanish. And she would always tell me, too, like, if there's people around that don't speak English, like, you can't be speaking English. Like, certain things that I was just like, oh, damn, well, I have to learn this. And, right. like, she would, like, you, if you know, you know. Growing up in a Hispanic household, you're literally going to be the translator for everything, yeah. all paperwork they have. So I would always get told, no, tu puedes I don't want, like, I could get a good job if right. I um, know um, both languages. So from that, I was just like, I guess, you know, I'm going to get paid more than, let's right. do it. Yes. Yeah, I so. mean, you, you fill out all, everybody's applications yeah. online, you know. A ver, ¿qué dice aquí, mija? ¿Qué dice yes. aquí? <laughs> Court papers, everything, like... <laughs> <laughs> I swear. He's court papers. Uh, so, that's literally like. That's true though. Uh-huh, that, it was always all the time. So. Okay. Now <laughs> let's narrow it down. What was it that inspired you to start rapping? Was it was it just listening to rap? Was it someone that said you got it? What do you think it was? It was listening to a lot of rap, but uh, when I was in high school. Um, you know how I was in Santee High School? Uh-huh. Shout out to Santee, even though I did it, I hated it, and they were about to kick me out. <laughs> but, um, like, right there, I met some amazing friends, and um, I met people that were just so creative, and, like, we were all very, like, going through a lot of stuff, you know, because, like, that area is obviously a minority area, very poverty area where I grew up in. So um, whenever we would link up, out of nowhere, if, like, we had something to say or, if, like, we would just be in, like, a view, you know? Like, if you know, if you're from LA, then you know you're going to go post about a view and smoke and stuff, do things that you're not supposed to be doing at that right. age. But we were, we would, like, be in a group and somebody, I don't know who it would be, but it's, it would be sometimes me or sometimes even the homegirl. They'll be like, put on a beat, we're going to freestyle. And literally every single person that was there would freestyle. Like, it didn't even matter if they rapped or not, if they liked it or not. Like, they'll just hop in. Right. So, like, that kind of created, like that um, confidence and love for rap because I listened to it, but I was never willing to like throw myself out and do it in front of people, you know? But right. from there, like whenever I would freestyle, so, um, the other homegirl named Joy, like they'll be like, you got bars. Like they always say that. So from there, I was just like, I guess I do. I guess we could <laughs> do this. And since I was already like um, writing music, but I was, I wanted to be more like a singer, but like, um, life took a, like a little different route so since I was already writing music I was just like um, what is another way that I could do this and right. like just like talk my shit and, and luckily rap is like a like a very great genre that you could do that and then you don't yes. gotta be singing you know and you could express yeah. how you feel so that is literally what built like my confidence in the fray like all the freestyles that we would have in a circle growing up 
that's like what built that. And that was when I was like 14, 15, and now I'm, I'm 21. So I feel like that just was the foundation of where I'm at today, you know? Yeah. And I wasn't even good, but you know, I was like, let's just do it. <laughs> I don't think I was good. Like my pen wasn't as great, but uh-huh. I still had that like strive. Like I want to do music, uh, it's something that I love and how can I do it? You do, know? do you write your own stuff? Yes. Okay. Everything. I can't pay nobody to be <laughs> writing my stuff. I'm, I'm poor. I'm barely surviving out here. Imagine if I had to be paying somebody. Yeah, yes. well, I mean, there's some people that pay people for lyrics. That's I, crazy. I, I mean, I, I that don't is say who. like if you got money, then I'll, by all means do it. I'm not talking down on nobody that does that, you know. But right. right now, I can't be doing that. I gotta write it out, you know, and everything that I feel, I just write it down. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. now let me ask you this. Let's. Go back to your first recording session. Do you remember it? Yes. Okay. Tell us a little bit about it. What was it like? It was horrible. (laughs) There was, the studio was not the best, you know, because I had like, I didn't know about no studio. So I literally went and the person charged me $100 for one song, just to record one song. And the song was like done like in 15 minutes. So he made his quick little $100 in 15 minutes so he produced the beat himself no 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 okay. no i like i already had the beat it was um called air no wait yeah airplane by uh, no plain jane by asap ferg okay asap ferg or asap rocky i'm not sure but it was that beat and i just used it and like it was a hundred dollars and the studio wasn't even that great like the wow. conditions weren't as great but i it, that's literally when i was beginning so i had no idea like how much studio time would be here like I had no idea about none of that. I just wanted to record a song and put it out. <laughs> and it, and, and uh, uh, how, how how many times did you go over your your verses? Like when he recorded you, I went over them like like twice. I didn't like I didn't really do a lot because I just didn't like the microphone and nothing. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna pay this man. He still let me come in here and record, and I just left. I was very disappointed, but it's it's okay you know you live and you learn like <laughs> i had to go through that to get to where like i'm at today you know like right, right. now i actually found like a good studio that that does do quality work and everything that's it's good like, yeah but like you said you learned you know <laughs> yes I, I mean, damn i even feel bad you having to go through that so. i swear that was when i was um what I was like 18, you know. I had no idea what was what I was getting myself. And then you to. had a hundred dollars. Yeah, you go, and you weren't even happy. <laughs> no, I was so sad. But it's like I wasn't gonna just start a whole like um, fight and be like, I'm not gonna pay you, you know. Like right. the the man let me use his studio or whatever. So I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna give him this money because I don't want him right. tagging me on Instagram saying I didn't pay him. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. Now, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> So, hey, I'm pretty sure a lot of artists have gone through some shit that they probably don't speak of, you know? They probably but don't. It's, you're going to only show the good. You're never going to speak about the bad. No, but I'm glad you shared that because <laughs> yes. it, what if there's young females just like yourself yeah. listening and saying, fuck, I went through the same thing. I know what she's talking about. I can relate. Yeah, yeah. And you're being very transparent. You're being very honest. So now... You recorded that song. Did he give it to you in a CD, MP3? How, how did he give it to you? He emailed it to me, to my email. Okay, so he emailed it to you. Mm-hmm. Now, you play it for family or friends. Yeah. What was the response? <laughs> 
they were like, it's okay. Like, I think you could do it again. But me in my head, I was like, no, it's great. You know, like, I don't right. care what y'all say. Like, I'm going to put it because it was my very first song. And I really wanted to put out content. I was like, like, time, like, if I get older, like, it's not going to happen. You know, I have to do it right now. So their reaction was, it, it was funny, but I still did it. <laughs> me yeah. and my little self, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. No, we all, we all got to start somewhere. Yeah, uh, my first DJ gig. I was in middle school. I had one turntable uh, and a cassette deck. I, I didn't have two turntables. So like, but they told me, if you want a DJ, this is our equipment, go ahead. So I had to think creatively. I had a, a stack full of records. So I recorded all those records onto a cassette. So I knew this record is on here. I'm gonna play this first. And in the second record, I'm gonna play on the turntable. So I'm gonna try to mix it in. Mm. And, and um, I like, that you went out and did what you did you believed in yourself because i remember when they put up the flyers we're looking for a dj at school i went down i took down i, I took them all down all the flyer because i wanted that <laughs> you know so i went and said hey i'm your man right here yeah. <laughs> and i'm gonna be honest to you i didn't know what the hell i was doing but i knew i wanted to dj yeah so you, you were know? like let me just do it yeah i want to do it in there. so they showed me the equipment and i was like oh yeah yeah i'm, I'm very familiar i didn't know shit. <laughs> Well, you really didn't know anything. Nothing. You just threw no. yourself in the field. Yeah, like, I, I just said, I'm, I'm going to try it. it. Yeah, Damn. I'm, I'm going to do it. But my brother was uh, DJing at a club, so mm -hmm. I asked him, can I go with you? He said, yeah. So I saw him going back and forth. What's that button for right there? Oh, that's for, you put it this way, it's for that turntable. You put it this way, it's for that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, see, I put it in the... You were like little, taking little notes, yes. like, okay. And then before you know it, uh, uh, it I, I'm going to be honest with you, okay? And junior high, I was known as the wetback. Why? Yeah. They're... After that gig, yeah, I graduated from a wetback to like a popular kid. <laughs> I, guys wanted to be my friends. Hey, bro, Dang. I heard you rock that shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's I, dope. I, Little know. knowing that you literally had to struggle and everything to get to that, but it, it paid off. It paid off. It paid off. And now we're here talking about it. Yeah, exactly. So. That's so. I bet they're not laughing no more. No, the, no, the one that was calling no. you well yeah, back. Hell no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now, uh, um, so you released that song. What, what, what format did you release it on? Like on a, on SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Mm -hmm, Is it still yeah. up where people can hear it? No, I took it off. <laughs> I took it off, but there is some old songs, just not that one, because I was, I had, a, I looked, like, I had to listen to it a couple times, and I was like, you know what, this is not it, like, this is not, you can't get jiggy with this, right, you know? right, right. <laughs> yes, I took it off, but how old I still were you, have it, like, when you filmed your, your first video, I'm sorry. How old was I? Yeah. Like, you, was it, you, you did a, that song when you were 18? Yeah. Did you film anything for that video? No, no, no. For that song? No, I just, like, I was just consistently dropping music on SoundCloud, so my first video had to be when I was already like like nineteen, yeah. Okay. Like actually I had just turned um yeah, it had to be like nineteen twenty, yeah. Okay. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Cause it was after my birthday and like a couple of days after. But it's on YouTube still, that first video, if okay. anybody wanna check it out. Did you hire a videographer or yeah. was it like a cell phone video? No, no, no. I hired it I hired a videographer. Luckily he didn't overcharge me and <laughs> I was able to do it, yeah. But it was a very small song. It was like um two minutes long and it was a, a remake to When I Come Around by Dom Kennedy. Okay. Yeah, so it was um it was cool. It was I like the visuals still. That's why it's still on YouTube. So on 18, uh, 18 years old, you drop it on SoundCloud. You start releasing singles. Mm -hmm. Did did the words start getting out there that say less? 
is, uh, uh, um, if you will, dropping music? And did, did your fan base start like, when are you going to drop another one? When are you going to yeah. drop a video? Did any of that start immediately or did it start taking a little bit, a little while? Honestly, it kind of did start at the beginning. Like I, I dropped even the song that I'm talking about that was bad. Like people shared it and people were like tuning into it. You know, I kind of did like its little numbers. So um, yeah, like it, it literally like yeah. Okay, now I, I have a CD here. Okay, and I, I'm a, I asked for the public sake. Is this your your first CD? Yes. Okay, ever. Yes, that's okay. my baby. <laughs> okay, let's let's talk a little bit about it. It's say less, do more. Okay. Yes. In other words, don't talk about it, be about it. Exactly. Yep. Okay. And throughout the whole time that I was doing that, I wasn't really like posting it on, 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 on like Instagram and stuff like, oh, I'm doing this. Like I'll just say some things, but I wouldn't really fully release what I was doing. So that's why I was like, say, let's do more. That's like the perfect thing, you know? Because yeah. I didn't want people to expect something and then get nothing. Get you nothing. know what I'm that's, saying? That's very, very good. So I was just like throwing hints, but I didn't fully um, talk about it till like a month before I had my final song done. I'm mm -hmm. glad you did that because learn from my mistake. I was filming a documentary, mm -hmm. okay? I didn't know how long it was going to take me because at that time I was very inexperienced. Yeah, yeah. I had all the right equipment. I had the right team. You know, we had everything ready. I just had never done anything of that magnitude. Mm -hmm. When I first started doing the, this documentary, I thought it was going to be about 45 minutes long. Well, it turned out to be three hours. Okay, it turned out to be three hours. Yeah. And what happened was we thought we'll shoot it in a couple of weeks. It took a whole year. Oh. A whole year to, to film. Yeah. Um, to edit now. So now you have a whole year's worth of footage. Yeah. And now you have to bring it into this program, Final Cut Pro. And then now you got to brainstorm on uh, um, who's going to go first, who we're going to interview second, who's going to, what are we going to put here? You know, all oh. of this. The editing part took another year. Here's where you can learn on other people that are watching can learn. And I think mm -hmm. you did it with this. My mistake was that I was promoting coming soon while I was still filming. Oh, okay. No, definitely. See what I'm saying? And <laughs> you didn't like, do that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't. Because that's literally like what I wanted to avoid. I wanted to avoid like exciting people and then they get nothing. And I'm like, damn, I just, you know, like people that were really yeah. supporting me genuinely probably not going to take me serious because right. of that, you know? Yeah. That is crazy though. And like you had to pay for it out of pocket too? Yes, yes. It, it was all, all me. Oh and I believe God. me, I almost, my ass almost went broke on that motherfucker. <laughs> you know? Hey, but you made it too. Yes, yes. And you know what? Damn. It's very, very good. Uh, we released the one hour version of it because it's three hours. Uh, the three hour ver version, you can watch it on my website. Of course, you have to pay for it. Mm -hmm. But the one hour film festival version, you can watch it on YouTube for free. Okay. Oh, okay. And it's based on the 80s uh, mixtapes. Okay. And um, the crazy thing was, and I still remember, that I had a faithful follower. When's it coming out? When's it coming out? He was always, <laughs> When's it coming out? So I'm thinking, okay, I got to release at least. I got to release uh, a trailer every yeah. so often. Yeah, yeah. And then one, the same guy said, dude, it's been a year. What's up? And he I feel, really told you Yeah, that. he did. I feel so damn bad. Because that's like a genuine supporter. Yes. Someone who's waiting. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so, I feel but, it, you know. It's so if, <laughs> yeah, if you're an artist, please wait till it's done. Whether it's a movie, whether it's a book, whatever, yeah. you know, just wait, then promote it. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, definitely. So, let's yeah, go that over. Yeah, like, that one took like eight months to make. Okay. It took a while, yeah. So. Okay. You have five songs on here. Yes. 
LA Dreaming. To, uh, what is LA Dreaming about? LA Dreaming is literally like about what I'm doing. Like when I heard the beat, it kind of just gave me like that nostalgic feeling of like, you know, cruising through the 110. So I definitely was just like, that's, that's hella LA, you know? And then the dreaming part, like you could even hear in a song, like there, I talk about like my journey and like how it is that it has been going doing this and so i just i really like it i feel like it, it's not like a it's a more of an inspirational song and like a motivational song you know something that's gonna uplift the people right and and yeah i really love it okay. honestly that one is featuring roxy shout out to roxy okay. she's a another south central artist she sings so she's she's dope on the track too oh. mm -hmm. then you have unbelievable yes okay what is that about that is a Biggie remake to okay. Biggie's um, Unbelievable song. I made the remake. I had somebody basically take his beat and sample it, and I just wrote over it. And that one, I, I actually felt like it was necessary to put on there because I was like, I love Biggie. And, you right. know, it's like um, I, it's like a way of me paying homage to him and just so people can know that I'm like, I have that type of energy too, you know. Just because I'm a girl does not mean that I'm only gonna be like making happy music. Like, right. I like to cuss too. I like to do right. certain things, you know. So it's right. like I really just wanted that on there, so people can know, like. Dope, dope. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it says me and my bitches. <laughs> what is that about? That's literally a song for all the girls. Whenever you're going to the club, or you know, you're getting ready and you need something to get ready to. That's the song. Like, oh, okay. it, yes. So you put on your lipstick and your eyelashes? Yes. <laughs> Actually, it takes me two hours to get ready. So I need okay. to make way more music. <laughs> yes. Okay. And then that bitch. Yes, that bitch. <laughs> what is that bitch about? That bitch is literally talking about um, how, kind of like how women can play the same role that a man can without like, without feeling sh like shameful you know we can be promiscuous as well just the same way that men can and so right. that one has auto tune on it which is very out of my comfort zone but i really like it it's, it's dope okay it's okay. a dope track okay wake the fuck up wake the fuck up that's my favorite one that's the one with um jay dilla uh, his beat is called his beat i believe on on youtube is called too much but i took his beat and i wrote over it and i just made it more of like a, a melodic song like um it has me singing a bit in it when well, i really singing but kind of adding like a melody to right. it like a little um flow to it and i like it honestly that's like um that's one that is not as uplifting and it's not as turned up, but I just feel like it's necessary to have because that's really how i started rapping like when i started making music i was talking about like i wasn't making trap music or like anything like about money or nothing i was talking about like minority struggles and i'm always talk about the struggles that minorities go through you know but yeah. if i have like a obviously i don't have a platform right now but if i could um show how i'm feeling through music or like talk about how i'm feeling especially with a lot of stuff that has been going on lately then yeah. i could just do it and that's why i had to wake the fuck up like okay okay now where can people uh, uh purchase this if they want to purchase this from you they could purchase it from my like on instagram only unfortunately i don't have a website yet i'm working right. on that but for right now you could just dm me on instagram at sayless s-a-y dot l-e-s-s -S, and you could purchase it yeah. okay i i know we have your instagram up mm -hmm. and then uh on the description once this video is posted they'll be able to click on it and go to your page oh that's dope so yes. I, i'm asking everybody to support her and to support her by buying this cd and would you sign it if somebody wanted 
you, yeah, you I actually have. Like, okay. um, I shipped that one to Dallas, and they wanted to sign. I signed it. You know, I even had to like take off the wrap because right. I'm like, what if they take off the wrap? It's not gonna be worth nothing no more. Right. So I took off the wrap and I signed the actual CD. I'll sign it. Yeah, if they tell me to sign, I'll sign it. That's dope. Mm -hmm. you, you know, uh, let, let me encourage you in this, okay? Because I think this is the trap that a lot of artists from LA get stuck in. They always think this. Um, I want to come out with my own album, but so-and-so over here, man, he's got that sound packed down. Over here, this guy over here, he's dope. The competition is too high for me in L.A., uh, um, so I'm not going to do it. I, I had rappers that were starting, maybe about your age or a little bit older, like, you know what? I'm like, Los Odaman, do you believe in yourself? Well, yeah, well, you're not showing me that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay? You're not showing me that. When you, I told them, when you produce your record, think outside of L.A., Think outside of California, okay? You said you sent one to Dallas, okay? Yeah. What I've known rappers, and this is the God's honest truth. Uh, uh, they were from out here. Nobody bought their shit. And I'm going to tell you why. Because LA is very fucking prideful. Mm -hmm, yeah. Very prideful. Many of them do not support their own. Mm -hmm, yeah. They'll talk shit about anybody, but they will not support their own. But this guy was huge in Texas. Oh my goodness. Huge in Texas. And he was getting five grand a show out there. He would come back here. Nobody knew who he was. But you know what he said? I don't care anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've known these rappers. I, I, I don't want to name them because I want them to come eventually and share their story. Yeah, exactly. I've known rappers that nobody bought their shit out here. Everybody said that they were fucking whack. They're horrible. They were yeah, good to two guys. Exactly. They were huge in Europe. And they were getting flown out getting there all the time. And I mean, these guys, oh, yeah, we were in Barcelona. Oh, we were here in Sweden, and we were here. And I'm like, mm -hmm. what the fuck? So yeah. don't just think hood. Okay. Like, I, I hope LA likes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know, most of the time, like, there's so much competition here, like you said, right. especially when it comes to, like, art and just the creative, um, that industry in general. So, yeah, definitely... I think when I make, I don't really like think about if people are going to like it. It's more of like if I like it, yeah. you know, because if, if I worry about if people are going to like it, I probably will not get anywhere, you know, because like there's certain, like if I were to, about to put out a song and I'm like, what if people are going to like it? Like, what if it's a hit and I'm over right. here saying that people are not going to like it? You're talking yourself out of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so. I, I'm glad you think like that, honestly, because mm. I've known very many, many talented females, many that... I could have gotten record deals for because I had the connections at the time. Yeah, exactly. But this one individual would tell me, I just don't know if I could take the rejection, if people just don't like it. What if they just tell me I fucking suck? I mean, what if they listen to it and it's fucking corny? I don't know if I could take that kind of rejection. Every time I talked to her, it was just negativity about herself. Every single time. And when I would record her, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. And I'm like, come listen to this. <laughs> I know, but you know, but you know what it was? She was just thinking here, around yeah. here. She didn't think on a bigger scale. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, what happens if you talk yourself out of this? Oh, fucking nobody's going to like it. And all of a sudden, you know, Houston calls you to do a show. You know, Arizona calls you to do a show. Mm -hmm. Even if you never perform here in L.A., but you know what I'm Other saying? Other places, yeah. Yes. Somebody likes it. You know, so, it don't matter if it's not from L.A. Like, at least somebody out there understands you and, yes. and likes your art. Yeah. There's an audience for everyone, for mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. There's an audience. So, you know, I'm... I would like to encourage artists out there that may not believe in themselves. Don't let anybody stop you from fulfilling your dream. Exactly. If this is what you want to do, mm -hmm. do it. If people say they don't like it, don't buy it then. Mm 
Yeah, and don't come with negative stuff. Just keep going on with your life. No, that's not true. I feel like we are our biggest critics. There was times when that would happen to me, but then I'm like, you know what? Like, I can't keep thinking like this. Like, whatever you put out is what you're gonna get. And like, if you put out, if you show that you genuinely like the music that you're making, other people are gonna um, receive that energy and and possibly just you know reciprocate that you know they're gonna yeah. reciprocate that energy towards you and be like oh yeah it's dope you know uh, are you do you have like producers that you're working with right now at or, the moment no or unfortunately. are you, but are you willing to work oh yeah definitely okay. i'm i'm actually looking for someone that is like knows what they're doing and just kind of like i'm comfortable with you know because i've just been going back and forth with producers and it kind of gets tiring like no nobody really knows the sound you want you know so it's good to just stick with one i'm willing to work with any though till i find the right one you know i'm not biased or like being like oh i only work with west coast producers like no i'm willing to work with anybody so anybody out there listening right now uh uh whether you're live or whether you watch it later on on youtube uh, hit her up, you know, if you're serious and you want her either on a track or you want to produce for her, you want to work with her. But, you know, let's just keep it serious and let's keep it music. You know, yeah. let, you know uh, I have an artist that just got here. Uh, I wasn't producing for years. I stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this artist brought me out of retirement and he just showed up. I'm going to introduce you to him. I'm working with him because I think we found his sound. You know, his, and it's very, very important that you find somebody that finds your sound. Exactly. That, yeah. that makes you look good, mm-hmm. you know, through the music, yeah. you know. So I'll introduce you to him when we go to break. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, hey, yes, what he said. If anybody wants to work, I'm willing to work. It does not matter, girl or boy. But if you're a girl and you're rapping, that would be great, too, you know. Yeah. That I'm willing to work with the females as well. Okay. But I'm not biased to a certain, like, like I said, I don't. I only work with like West Coast artists and none of that. I'm not you're like just, that. Yeah, open. I'm just open to work with anybody as long as they're working. I'm willing to as well. Right. Okay. Now let me ask you this: um, uh, your YouTube page. You have a YouTube uh, page. Yes. Okay. Yes. W- what is it so that they can go and check your music out? On YouTube, it's also AKA Sailor. Okay, AK, yeah, okay, mm-hmm. say less. Okay. Other than that, if you guys want to buy her CD, hit her up on the DM on Instagram, and I'm asking you guys to support her. You know what? Let, let, look, let me say this. Say that you say, you know what? I don't really like her music. You know what? It doesn't cost much to support. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't cost much to support. It's free to like. It's free to repost, though. Yeah. You know, you don't have to purchase. And the music is free. You could just stream it on YouTube and subscribe or something. You right. know, little things like that. Do they... They do so little, but they go a long way, you know, later on. And mm -hmm. all good. Now, at this point in time, we've come to the end of our interview. Is there any shout outs? Let me ask you this. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to promote or you want to push that you want to say other than your shout outs? Mm, No, I think you we pretty much covered it all. Yeah, we got we tapped into everything. All good. Good. Uh, You want to go ahead and give your shout outs at this time? Oh yeah! Shout out Joy! Shout out my little sister! Shout out Dino! That's right here as well! Shout out all my family that's tuning in, all the homegirls, and just anybody who's right here supporting me and continues to support me. The support means a lot, and we just gonna keep going through with this, you know. Awesome. See what the results that see the results that we get. Yes. Um, so now let me just say this to you: I wish you nothing but the best. I wish you nothing but success, and. Um, you know forget all the naysayers just keep it pushing Mm -hmm. honestly and keep winning okay thank you so 
Uh, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and take a 10-minute break. And Ronan Gray just walked in the building. So we'll be back in 10 minutes. The fuck around. Say less. Thank you for everything. So, hey. Welcome back, everybody, to Rodian Radio, episode 162, if I'm correct. Yes, I got it right. So uh, we're not going to BS. We're going to go ahead and jump right into it. Uh, my next guest uh, was actually scheduled twice. And both times he came, the crazy part is our graphics card went out. So the third time is the charm. So with that being said, please help me welcome Ronan Gray. Thank you for having me, Tony. You know what? I'm glad we finally got it to work. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know, it's like it's gonna work when it's meant to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I didn't take it personal. I understand that there's technical difficulties. Uh, I was excited just to be on your show, anyways. You know, so even though two times that I did come, I felt uh, honored to get to just to get to know you a little bit better. You know, it takes away a little bit of the, of the nervousness and <laughs> anticipation of actually being on your show. Right, right. Well, you know, l l let me say this that when you came the first time man i was really looking forward to it didn't happen and it was saddened because i was saddened because the other guest drove all the way from fresno yes you know and that that was the sad part you know uh, um and then we invited you back again and then for some reason it tripped again or yeah, whatever yeah yeah so we finally got it fixed and just to let everybody know it was the graphics card on a brand new computer that went out within like eight months of having this brand new computer. But enough of that, you're here. Uh, I wanna chop it up with you because I think you're a very interesting individual. Uh, but here's what I wanna do. I wanna do something a little bit different before I get into my questions. Um, who is Ronan Gray? Share a little bit about yourself. Ronan Gray is a, a performer, an artist. I'm a rapper, I'm an actor. I've done stand-up comedy, I write. I consider myself a poet, you know, writing raps are poetry uh, to song and uh, I produce content. Um, I'm just in love with uh, art and entertainment. That's kind of the, my thing. That's been my salvation throughout my life, being a creative individual. And uh, yeah, that's 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 who I am. That's who Ronan Gray is. Okay. My first question, I already know, but for the fans sake or for the people that uh, know you and for the people that are getting to know you right now where originally are you from i grew up in the boyle heights area of los angeles okay just east of downtown downtown la but boyle heights has has a history a yeah, history, yeah, a history yeah. you know and uh, i met a lot of artists that are from a lot of talent yeah has come out of boyle heights yeah a lot and and you, you know i know you you usually say i'm a boyle heights native yes yes know? yes yes and, and and i think that's dope when i had first heard of you was actually through my son you know, my son told me this. Uh, uh, you need to get this guy on. Yeah. And, and and I will be honest with you. I didn't know who you were yet. Um, he sent me a video and it said Boyle Heights. And I said, this will be interesting. Just because of where you were from. Thank you. Be yeah. Because I, I know so many people that are from Boyle Heights. Yeah. So everybody watching is from Boyle Heights. Boyle Heights stand up. I got love for Boyle Heights. Yeah, shout out to Boyle Heights and the whole East Side. Yeah. And so I started watching that vlog that yes. you did. I thought that was very, very interesting. But before we get into that, by the way, that hit a million views already. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for the audience for watching. A million views right. is, uh, it's cool because when I did it, I didn't anticipate that people were going to be so receptive to it. I thought, I just did it. I just woke up and I said, oh, I got to do this vlog tomorrow. And, you know, it, it crept up on a million views and uh, th that's cool. You know, it's, it's, there, there's 
we, you know, you, even you being from Wilmington, there's nothing greater than showing uh, uh, pride and honor for the city that you're from in a positive way, yes. especially, you know, so. Yes, yes. You know, now, now let me ask you this. Growing up as a kid in Boyle Heights, um, what, what was it like? If somebody would ask me that question, one of the first things that I would say for an example, I was, a, I, I, I was nine years old. We came from Compton to Wilmington. So I've been here since I've been in second grade. Compton at the time when I was in school, it, it was probably me, my, uh, and, this, and my neighbor, which was a, a, he looked white, but he was Puerto Rican kid. The entire school was predominantly black. La Laura Street School in the city of Compton. When we came here, it was a mixture. I saw whites, I saw Asians, you know, I saw Mexicans, I saw blacks, I saw everybody here at one point. What was it like in Boyle Heights growing up as a kid, man? I would say the population there is 95% Mexican-American, Chicano, Latino. Um, you know, Latin people come in all different shades, light, dark, brown. But um, when you look at like my yearbooks, like in junior high, everyone is pretty much of like an olive tone. There's some darker faces or some lighter faces, Northern Mexico, Southern Mexico. But everybody, for the most part, I think even, I, I think they they kind of just identified as like Chicano or, or, or of uh, Spanish speaking descent, you know? Mm -hmm. um, that that's pretty much what it was i don't really when i do remember white people they were like social workers probation officers police officers um you know maybe they're filming a movie there because they would film a lot of films there yes so close to downtown um and uh th there was brothers you know i remember a lot of black people but like more down in the projects you know right and uh there's mix so so I think the more east that you go, the more Mexican it got into the city of East Los Angeles. Right. But because of the housing communities, uh, you had a mix of, of different people. But it was mainly Mexican. Yeah, yeah. Of Mexican descent. Right. Out here, and when I was when I finally got to high school, once again, Banning High School, it was blacks, whites, Samoans, Chicanos, and that's why I believe Banning High School won so many championship football championships in the 80s it was always banning and carson banning and carson mm -hmm. in the championships and they were always going toe-to-toe -to -toe. if banning didn't win it one year it would be carson banning was the long beach poly before long beach poly became the school mm -hmm. you know of all these athletes uh, uh for an example vince Ferragamo, uh the, the the quarterback for the rams he went here okay so they were always recruiting big names out here eventually became predominantly mexican yeah you know predominantly everybody just started moving out in the 80s we had a lot of blacks we had a lot of filipinos here blood gangs were big here along with the sa gangs out here mm. the east and the west then you had east side pain and then you had the west side waterfront pyro and it you know the crack epidemic changed everything yes you know yeah, yeah. How, how was it in the 80s, if you can remember? Was the crack epidemic big? Was the gang violence big during that time? I, re I mean, uh, late 80s, I was, I was born in 83. So late 80s was, uh, yeah, there was, a. I remember a lot of gangs. Right. For me, it seemed like the big issue with drugs was heroin. You know, both of my parents were involved with, with the abuse and use of heroin. Um, that was difficult. And uh, it seemed like it was always around. You know, I think Latino people, they, they, that downer just grabs them and sucks them in. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's even prevalent to our people that are locked up in the prison systems. That's one of their main drugs of choice. It's not so much get up and go crack. Um, but there was a lot of people that were doing that. I mean, you've seen into the early 90s, like, 
I remember guys that would steal like six car stereos at one time, like in one shot, like you couldn't even park your car in a certain parking lot. It was just, bah, 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 bah. you know, they yeah. were, they were getting it. So, uh, you did see a change of that with the, with the availability and the cheapness of drugs of like crack. This is the same thing with methamphetamine too. You know, it becomes so cheap that that's when it becomes an epidemic, you know, cause cocaine is the price of cocaine is higher than the price of gold. So it's hard for your average person in the city to afford that. But when you can make it cheap and available, then that changes the, yes. the dynamic. But I remember a lot of uh, probably more alcoholism and heroin being around me yeah. in, in, in the, my proximity. So, you, you know, here that I can remember. And, it, and PCP too. Yes. PCP was big too. I yes. mean, you'd see guys doing weird shit in the street <laughs> all the time, you know? A lot of weird shit. Yeah. A lot of motherfuckers running in the street butt naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and um, what I remember, it was more, at least what I saw was more crack. Huh. You know, I saw a documentary and I interviewed the, the director, uh, Rashidi Harper, which I always like to give him a shout out. The guy's a great dude, great work that he did directing this documentary, uh, uh, Hip Hop Uncovered. Okay. It, it's pretty much the, if I can give it to you in a nutshell, the people with the money behind the scenes that made hip hop happen. I've read some articles about that, um, about the, the influence of music and then promoting gang culture and uh, making like prison school and stuff like that, yeah. you know, and, and the media pushing that agenda to black and brown people yes. in order to make them feel like that's what you got to do to become a man or to be successful. Right. And the reason why I brought that up is because in the interview, in the docuseries, the interview, this one guy that used to be a big time dope dealer. Mm. And how he would say that a lot of rappers were like, hey man, I'm trying to pull out my music. And this guy would see that these guys were dope. Yeah. Cool, you know, like the Fugees, yeah. groups like that, yeah, you know. Yeah. He would put them out there. So he he interviewed those type of guys. But my whole point was this, that the guy said, you know what, I had everything during that time. He said, isn't it funny that we could not get not one damn Cuban cigar, you know, into, into this country. Yeah. He said, but crack was in every fucking corner. Yeah, yeah, that's true. No, that's true. You know, that tells me right there, you know, and I'm not a big on conspiracies, you know, theories, but that, like they say, the government was allowing it in. Well, aside from that, in my experience with heroin, you know, Afghanistan would produce 480 tons a year, 80% of the world's heroin supply. Uh, Mexico was also a large producer too. Um, that stuff doesn't just get here. To get into that game, because I grew up around drug dealing you know yes um luckily like my life now i'm free of all that stuff but i grew up around all that stuff to get into that game you have to be somebody you can't be no chump you can't be no pushover because even on the price of cocaine you're saying if if hypothetically a, a kilo of cocaine was twenty you're gonna be paying five times the amount of a kilo of cocaine for heroin it's a whole different ball game and it's the guys that are involved in that are plugged in with politicians and yes. government and it's if they're in it and there's somebody i mean in my experience, I've always seen the old political power too, you know, they have yes. influence. So yeah, it's not just coming from some some dude in the streets. It's always coming from somebody that has influence. Yes. Political influence. There, there's a documentary on Netflix because whenever I have time, I try to watch a lot of documentaries, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, you create and make documentaries. So yes. that's a reflection of what you are. It's, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's neat. And, and one of them is called Crack. Huh. I believe it's called crack and um, it's on Netflix. And the reason why I recommend this is because they show the emergence of hip hop and crack almost at the same time. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm watching guys, you know, hitting the pookie, you know, and then they're playing. It's like that. Too. And that's the way it I'm like, 
fuck, I didn't even realize that that shit came up together. Yeah. Um, I mean, hip hop got its style from it. You know, the gold dookie change. It was the rappers imitating the drug dealers. And then obviously now it's flipped, right? Now you can make yes. a decent living being an artist if you have the backing. Um, but yeah, that's what it was in the beginning. I mean, even like with Run DMC, you know, with the Jam Master J and the fedoras and the big leather coats and stuff, they were taking that from the local drug dealers in Queens yes. and emulating that in their style, making it cool. But it's, right. it's always been the, the the streets that they look to, you know. Right. You, you know You know what, Ronan, now, I, I want to tap a little bit into you being an artist because you said you rap, you act, and uh, you said uh, amongst other things. Yes. When did the rapping start for you? Well, this is an interesting story. Um, in 1991, I think I was in the second grade. Um, this kid came to school and he sang the Beastie Boys, Paul Revere. And I was like, wow. And I seen how all the other kids got around him. And, and I was like, man. And uh, he was a friend of mine. And I was like, I could do that too, you know? I don't know how old are you in the second grade, what, seven or eight years old right. or something like that? So I went home and my mother had a tape. It was a single. And uh, it was by this artist named High C. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. And the tape was called I'm Not Your Puppet. So I played the tape and I memorized it. And then uh, uh, I took that tape to school the next day and I rapped it. And, 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 every, and all the other students were like blown away and I felt so good. I just had this rush of confidence. You know, there's no better feeling when you get in, when you get in that, that attention. And uh, I got to the point where, where uh, High C says, my dope smokes in my pipe and it melts in my hand. Girl, you're just a fool. Your life is going too fast. I know this relationship just ain't going to last. Yeah, you're on my dick, dick, ding-a-ling. And the teacher was like, oh, no, we're not having that, you know? <laughs> and uh, they called my mom. And uh, my mother, of course, she couldn't be mad at me because... That was her tape? It was her tape. So she just like, oh, my God. So, of course, in front of the teacher, she had to act like, oh, man, you can't be doing that. She just laughed or whatever. So one of the very first influences that I had in hip-hop um, was High C, I'm Not Your Puppet. Produced by the wizard, Tony A. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, uh, sorry? I don't no, know. <laughs> no, 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 yeah. it's, no. It's, it's interesting how everything comes full circle, you know? So that's why um, I was excited to come to your show in the beginning, because I always remember that. But, you know, for a long time, I, I wasn't fully aware that you were the producer, right. you know? Like, it took me uh, more years to realize that, because as a kid, I'm just looking at who the artist is. I'm not right. realizing that. But um, as I've grown older, I've... I've always take an appreciation for who's who's behind the scenes because the rapper and the producer is like a relationship you know if you want to make good music you got to have that relationship there has to be that chemistry it's just like a, a, a good actor and a good director they make really good movies and you'll see the same director book the same actor in different roles and you'll see the same producers work with some of the same artists all the time because there's a fusion there's a like a, a spark so you know and and you know uh artists sometimes they have to try out different producers is just like dating almost you know what i mean and Very until true. you find someone where you actually have chemistry with so um but it's like that in all creative aspects you know uh, if you're writing a, a screenplay with somebody or uh, you're trying to produce something with somebody and they're uh, a director or whatever so it's got to find you got to find that that connection right well that story right there really humbled me because <laughs> you know it's funny let me say this that'll, that'll always be a part of my history like w no matter what happens i always mention it and now more so like I acknowledge you as the creator of the record. Mm -hmm. So, you know, shout out to IC, but I'm gonna always say Tony <laughs> A, you know? Tony A's I'm not your puppet. Thank you, man. And you know what's funny? Because when we did that song, and I shared this story before, I had two 
oldie albums they were called Aslan oldies mm. and, and I always bought two of each so I, I put it on and we're waiting for a guy whom we based this whole podcast for for that his name could live on Steve Yano a Japanese vendor at a swamp meet yes. who lived in the city of Whittier respect, rest to, in peace. respect to Steve Yano yes yeah, rest in peace and he walks in one day and I'm just playing you know I'm your puppet and high C's just rapping. We were getting ready to do a uh, rap on a mixtape that for him to sell at the Rhodium Swamp Meet. Mm. That's why we call this Rhodium Radio. Yeah. And um, so he walks in and him being an oldie lover, knowing what the crowd's like when he plays music, he knows what the people are gonna react to. So when he heard that, he said, wait a minute. He said, why don't we do an original song and put it on a mixtape? So I was like, like, I don't know. I don't know how to do a song. I'm just a DJ guy yeah. now being a mixtape guy. And he was just like, no, 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 let's do it. So make a long story short, we ended up doing it. He told me this. He Because back then, gold, selling gold, when you saw the record and you got a gold plaque, it was 500,000 copies. Mm -hmm. I know he was being sarcastic, but he told me. He said, I really truly believe that that cassette, that Swamp Mixtape went gold. Yeah. That's what he told me. Yeah. He said, I, mean, it, you, you, I mean, it got everywhere. I mean... I I had it. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, what are the odds? Like, like, just, yeah, it's, it was everywhere. And then the odds that Disney would end up signing us. The first rap group ever to be signed to Disney, and the group was a black and a Mexican. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're historic, and you're a legend in that sense, because you're one of the first groups to be signed to Disney, and you're a Chicano, you know, of Mexican descent. Yeah. I mean, I'm proud of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's, that was that, a that, blessing. That's man. badass, you know? That was a blessing. But, you know what, let's talk more about you brother we okay so you got influenced by i'm not your puppet to rap you you share that in school now let's talk a little bit about the acting and, and then we'll go back and forth between okay. acting yeah, and, yeah. and rapping cool so cool. uh how did you get into that how did you get introduced to uh um so i started in music and um and you know like as i created more albums and and i i got caught up in it you know i was actually out there selling drugs and I got caught and I went to prison and uh, they tried to give me 20 years the last time I went, but luckily I had a lot of money saved and I had a really good lawyer and I got out in 11 months. And when I got out, I realized I better change my life because this shit ain't gonna work. You know, if I keep doing the same shit, I'm gonna mess up. So uh, there's a friend of mine, her name is Lisa Love. She was a publicist. She used to work for Universal Machete. I met her through some other artist friends of mine. And she said, uh, uh, you know, why don't you come and do an internship? You don't need, I didn't need money at the time. You know, I had money saved up. She says, why don't you come do an internship for uh, the writer director, Mark Brown. The, he's, a, he's, a, he's the guy who created Barbershop, how to be a player and to, and to could play that game. This was in the Hollywood Hills. And I said, all right, yeah, you know, the movie industry, yeah, whatever, let's, whatever. I just need to do something. I need to stay away from, uh, I needed to stay away from my old circle because you are who you hang around with, you know what yes. I mean? So, yes. uh, so as I was, I was, I was making that transition. I started there. This was 2007. I got out and, um, uh, and I was there for a year and I would just do like bunch of bullshit stuff, kind of hanging around, watching them take meetings, watching him, how he works, watching him direct people. And at first he, he didn't really, I mean, he probably seemed like, oh, this fool's like a thug or whatever, you know? Right. But uh, over time, he warmed up to me and we've become good friends now, you know, where I call him on the phone and he yes. answers. And so I'm grateful for that. Um, and after about a year of being there, um, you know, I said, man, I need to make some money, you know? So, so they suggested, why don't you go do background, you know? I said, all right, cool. 
And I, w when I was in the county, this guy had told me about it. And then, and then, and I was like, oh, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. And I had put central casting in, in one of my Bibles when I was in the county jail from this dude that I was in a cell with. And he told me about it. And I was going through this bag that I had and, and I went through the bag and there was still like a, I think like a bunch of money and like four pounds of weed and, and the Bible was in there too. And I was like, oh, and I opened the Bible and I seen this, I'm like, oh, central casting. I'm going to go sign up, you know, right. so go sign up. I, this was 2007. I started doing background and the first movie I worked on was Hancock with Will Smith. And, uh, I started doing a lot of background and within like three to four months, I got into the union and, and I kept doing that for a little while. And then I said, ah, man, I don't want to just be doing background. I feel like right. I'm like I'm more talented than this, but it was a good opportunity for me to learn. So from that, I, I did a couple independent movies. Um, and, but I, but I learned a lot in producing my own music videos. Cause at, at the same time I was still doing music. I started learning about set lining, set lighting, about continuity, about hair and makeup, about that you don't really need to have everything you can actually rent it and you can kind of create this facade of whatever it is that you're trying to to make you can produce something you know um and and at the same time i started uh, uh i was i was i was doing acting and and uh i was also working as a i have like multi facets so i'm gonna get into it yeah so so i'm trying to get away from from drug dealing at the time i'm still kind of one foot in and one foot out and i'm doing more more tv stuff and trying to stay into it as much as possible because it's keeping me away from the streets um and i started working as a pa for judge judy and for judge joe brown at ktla so that kept me busy so i was working there tuesday wednesday thursday for judge judy the next week i'd work tuesday wednesday thursday for joe brown and in between that monday friday saturday and sunday i was doing background production acting i'll do it for free sometimes you know what i mean just give me gas and and uh and or or buy me dinner or whatever and i worked there for about three seasons doing pa work and i was still doing background and uh again still i think i i, I did like some small shorts something for like hot 97 new york and uh I did like some YouTube videos, a couple like this one where I kidnapped this kid named Lucas that got a million views. It was this Nickelodeon fame mm. thing, like in the early 2008 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I got laid off at Judge Judy after three seasons and uh, Judge Joe Brown got canceled. And uh, I ran into someone as I was walking out of the gym and she hired me and I went to South Dakota and I start and I worked as a PA on a show called Full Throttle Saloon, uh, True TV. It was a show about all the bikers that go to Sturgis, South Dakota. Um, great experience. I got to meet, you know, the, the natives out there. They're, they're like Chicanos too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cause we're all of indi indigenous descent, you know? So yes. that was pretty cool. Um, uh, from South Dakota, I came back now. This is probably, this is like seven years later. And I'm still, still wanting to change my life. I'm still stuck in this thing. I'm living in Boyle Heights. I'm like, ah, I got to get out of here. Uh, so I have a friend, uh, the, a big tax incentive went out to Atlanta, Georgia, where they started making a bunch of big features. And a friend of mine was like, man, just come out here. We'll get you into work. And I tried to get into the unions here in Los Angeles, but because I wasn't born or directly related to people, it, it was kind of difficult for me to get in. So I said, well, I'm going to go to Georgia and I'm going to go put the work in and and you can just see what happens you know so i went out there to georgia and uh in atlanta and um and i was there three years i did insurgent divergent allegiant alvin and the chipmunks fifth wave black panther all like 
hundred million dollar movie budgets or whatever. Wow. You know, the last movie I did was was Marvel's Black Panther. Wow. So Wakanda, Wakanda was built by Mexicans, by the way. You know, <laughs> say so, that again. Wakanda was built by Mexicans. You know, we built everything. Yeah, we built everything. And, no, and nobody was harder than a Mexican, bro. No, 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 no. But it, it was cool that aspect because then I was able to see like, wow, this is like you can do anything if you have a budget. You know, you 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 can see like you can build a spaceship. You can build. You can be in Africa and be in Georgia. You know, you can right. do anything. Like it just helped my imagination grow. And uh, uh, and all these things still, you know, uh, uh, in between all this stuff, you know, I'm still taking classes. I, I've I've done like stand up comedy. I've studied like uh, like at playhouses. I just enjoy the art of it. You know what I mean? I want to touch on something really, really quick because I think I kind of go off on a tangent there. No, I'm sorry, it, it's but, all but, good, brother, and I love it uh, uh, because it, it gives me an opportunity to take mental notes and then to ask you. But I want to touch on you going to prison and i'm gonna tell you why because um you said you you, you would what you were doing they were trying to give you 20 years yes and the reason why i, I want to touch on that is because because maybe there's somebody out there listening that's hearing and maybe that's they're in your shoes like i'm doing this but at the same time i'm trying to do this well if you don't mind me asking or maybe you don't want to go too into it well why were they trying to give you 20 years um, because I, I, as a kid, I already been to the youth authority. I had got a charge. So that automatically gave me another 10 years enhancement on the crime that I had. I got caught with a kilo of cocaine and $50,000 cash. So I wasn't a big time dude, but I wasn't a little time dude either. I was out here. Right. I mean, I probably, I mean, passing through my hands, at least a hundred thousand dollars a week, you know? So we were doing yeah. it. I mean, I had cars and jewelry and i was caught up in the in the life you know right. so you couldn't just say i was just using it and that was pocket money <laughs> no, no 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 you couldn't but you know the 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 thing is that i i know why i did it now that i that i reflect back on it i wanted to be a rapper and be in music so bad that i was willing to do that i was willing to push it and i wanted it to grow you know i wanted the chain i wanted the big car i wanted the seven thousand dollar rims i wanted the dope ass apartment i was living like in studio city on violin and ventura i wanted to have two girlfriends i wanted right. you know what i'm saying like i was i was influenced and in like almost like infected and 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 like uh uh like hypnotized by by the music at the time you know and, and a lot of the at that point i had pushed about fifty thousand units now these are not all units sold, but this was me manufacturing them. You know, I would manufacture five, ten thousand CDs at a time, and and give them away. Send them to the to the dose body. Give people boxes. You know, uh, I had homies that would like to drink beer. I'd be and they'd be, I'd be like, here, here's two hundred CDs, and and I'd say just ask for donations in the street, and they'd be getting donations for the CDs and buying money, beer money. And for me, it was cool because they were doing the footwork, and people would be like, man, you got fools out here selling your CD. I mean, I didn't care. I had the, I had a lot of money already at the right. time, you know. And for me, it was like uh, uh, paying for promotion, you know. But I've done at that point, up until that point where I went to prison, I had my last CD was a was a full jewel case, five panel, full color insert, uh, uh, flip on the other side with a DVD with with three videos back. I mean, this is oh six oh seven. People weren't really doing that, you know. Um, I had artists like uh, Malverde. He was signed to Universal. I had Sun Doobie on there. Um, for me, it was it was pretty good. That was that was like the highlight. And then right. obviously, we'll, we'll get back. To, was that your first album? No, no, no. That wasn't. That was not. That was like uh, my first album came out in 03. That was 07. Okay, we'll come back to 03. But I just want to touch on something really quick. Uh, when we come back from break, we'll we'll touch on your first album. Okay. okay. 
But I just wanted to say, then you go to jail. Did you think you were going to get the 20 years at, at, I, at one point? I would have been happy with five. I was I would have been happy with five. And, uh, you know, I don't I don't want to say I made a deal with God, but I just said, you know what? When I get out, you know, I'm going to take my foot off the gas because I felt like as a younger person, I was always with my foot on the gas trying to go, 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 go. Right. And and sometimes you just need to take your time, you know, and yeah. and you learn that only as you get older, like how, take it easy. You how know? old were you at that time that you, you got caught? 26, 27. Okay. And um, man, and you're looking at 20 years. I, I remember I went to go visit a friend of mine and um, I, to, to waste the time. And, and I'm glad you said that. It's a waste of time. Yeah. He was happy. He was wrapped up in some type of murder case. Yeah. But he wasn't the one. He was there. He, and since he didn't talk, they yeah. gave him years. I went to go talk to him, and he was like, man, they gave me 10, bro. Yeah. He was happy. Yeah. And I go, Rico, yeah, man, I was looking at 35. And they gave me 10. I'm good with 10, homie. Yeah. And I mean, I'm I was in that same, in that moment, I was in that same thing. But then I knew that. I feel like the universe, God, or... or the, you know, had a, a bigger plan for me, you know, and um, was it, was it, I think, you know, I seen, was it Big Citric? You know Citric, right? Co yeah, course. I seen him post something the other day on uh, on Instagram and it says, I didn't give you, 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 maybe, maybe you didn't get those material things you were asking for or that financial thing you're asking for. Maybe God just gave you more time. What is more time worth? Right. One of the worst things that you can waste is time. Yes. It's time. And you know, the sad thing is, I want you to think about it for a second. A lot of people come out of jail, come out of prison and brag about that time that they, that they wasted pretty much. Yeah. I did 20 years. You, you know, what, what was a pivotal, a pivotal thing that, that made me change was the acting. Cause when I started taking acting classes after I did that internship and I started doing background, I took this class with this uh, teacher named Bill Applebaum in North Hollywood who teaches improv. And I remember being there and I felt like I don't belong here. There was like doctors and lawyers because they learned this training because it helps them interact in the public with people. Lawyers want to know how to be more free in court because they have, it's a performance too. You know, a doctor's it's a performance, public speaking. And I was like, man, at first, this is how I felt like, this is gay. Why am I doing this? You know, like, right. and as I grew out of my comfort zone, I started to, the world started to open up to me. So acting, it, like for me success is subjective right like i might not be on all your favorite tv shows but acting has changed my life art has changed my life and it has been a positive thing because that so so my name is ronan my nickname is ronan my real name is david right i built ronan to protect me in the environment that i grew up in but acting helped peel the layers away to get back in touch with david because he had been drowned by all this armor that i had built around myself to protect myself you know or this yeah. this machismo facade that we put up that um you know you know it can it can it can it pr protect us but it can also be isolating and isolation is dangerous too yeah you know? yeah we're gonna go ahead and take a 10 minute break we're gonna come right back and we're gonna go back to 2003 when you uh, uh released your first record all right okay. all right so once again everybody make sure you call somebody text somebody slap the shit out of somebody let them know that ronan gray the boyle heist native is in the motherfucking building we'll be back 10 minutes and welcome back everybody to rodeo radio episode 162 we are approaching the 200th episode very, very soon. So with that being said, you know what? Oh, let me go ahead and uh, promote this really quick for those of you that are listening. Yes, I'm on TikTok. I'm not going to lie. So 
I always told people that you'll see me on Pornhub before TikTok, but I'm not on Pornhub. I'm on TikTok. So if you guys want to follow us on TikTok, I put content there that I don't post on my Instagram or on my Facebook at Rhodium Radio. Um, that's all. I, that's what it's called, Rhodium Radio. So look me up on TikTok, and I post a bunch of uh, funny shit. I just posted one up when I went to go visit my boy DJ Dominator. Much love, much respect, DJ Dominator in Santa Maria. So other than that, we're back with the Boyle Heights native, Ronan. How you doing, brother? Today is the best day of my life. Thank you for asking. <laughs> How you doing, dude? Say it again. I like when you say that. Oh, today is the best day of my life. Thank you. I, I actually, my saying is I never had a bad day in my life, but but uh, I just switch it up sometimes. I have it tattooed on my leg. Um, there's this old Vietnam veteran who used to walk by me all the time. He said, how you doing today, brother? Oh, man, I never had a bad day in my life. And, I, and then ever since then, I, I adopted that saying. I thought it was really cool, you know, yeah. to the point now when, when I die, I want that to be on my headstone so that when people walk by, they can still make a little chuckle, you know, like, ah, oh, that's yeah. funny. This guy's dead now. You know, I never had here lies a man who never had a bad day in his life. You know, so that's dope, though. Yeah. I like that because that's more on the positive thing, bro, because I like I'm going to be honest with you, bro. Talk about it. There's people and I'm sure there's people watching right now that know people like this or you're probably one of them. Um, every time you see them, I just fucking feel like killing myself. Yes. Life sucks. If it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have luck at all. You know, and I'm like, fuck this, guys. I yeah, I don't like I, hanging around yeah, people like I that. I got to get away from that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't do not like everything is negative. You know, you tell them something good. Eh, don't fuck it up. Look yeah. at me. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at you, you yeah, dumb yeah, bastard. Yeah. So, but yeah, I, I don't like, I like, because when I called you, yeah. you know, and I said, how you doing? I never had a bad day in my life. I was <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. today's the best day of my life. I'm like, hell yeah, yeah I like that shit. I so, mean, you know, like, like you're alive, you, you're healthy, you, you have all your five senses. Um, you know, there's a lot to be grateful for, because if you were to lose something like that, you know, I'm sure everyone has seen that meme of like the guy who can't walk and he's watching the person run and the guy who's running is looking at the person in the car and everyone always wants more yes but you have to be grateful for what you have and then you will be blessed with more everything else is a blessing you yes. know but but that's that's my point of view i was talking about that when i speak to the youth sometimes that's why i tell them success is subjective right now if you're comparing your career to someone else they might be like well he never made it he's not that big or it's not that it's subjective it's it's are you happy and are you content or, and were you able to satisfy your certain needs? You know, were you able to pay off your house? Were you able to support your family? It's, it's subjective. You know, if you come from a country where you didn't have no shoes when you were a child and now you got a job that's a union job and you have new shoes every month, have you made it? It's subjective, right? It just, it just depends on how you want to look right. at it. You know? Exactly. Exactly. You know, not to um, be grateful for is my point. Yes. I always like to say, and many times in the morning, I always post up, you know, if you're awake, you're blessed. Yes, yes. You know, people always tell me, hey, man, what's up? How are you doing? And here's what I say. As long as I'm not dead in jail or in the hospital. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Life is good, brother. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm into that. Yeah. You know, because you know what? I read one that was very, very powerful, very powerful quote. And it said, while you're too busy nagging and complaining about life, someone right now is taking their last breath. Yeah. I read, um, what is it, Dale Carnegie, Car Carnegie or whatever? He says... Do not criticize, condemn, or complain. Those are the three C's because they're just a waste of time. No one wants to hear you criticizing. No one wants to hear you condemn anyone. And no one wants to hear you complain. Right. Do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, even the, the 
what I've learned, like have, as having been a, a like a foreman or a, like a person in charge of a crew, that your your attitude sets the tone. Yes. So if I come in there and I have a negative attitude in the morning when everyone's getting coffee, it's gonna set the tone. You know, it so is. it's up to me to say, "Hey, man, how you doing?" Oh, you know, you know, and joke around and have a good time because the job is still gonna get done either way. Even if I tell you pick this shit up right now, or "Hey, man, can you please." tighten this up and do this you know it's going to get done either way I, i'm glad you said that and, and let me encourage people that uh, people about this uh in the morning when i wake up i'm going to be honest with you the first thing i do is pray that's the first thing i do okay i'm not saying everybody needs to do what i do but this is what i do and i'll tell you why because for <clears throat> se se there's been days where people have either call me text me and they're miserable and they tell me about their sad, pathetic life. Yes. You know, now I pray for them and I wish them well, but understand that my ears are not trash cans, bro. You know, you come and then you vent and you dump all your bullshit on me. And I just barely woke up. Yes. And you know what it did? It set the tone for the, I, I'm almost like angry or, or, or miserable. And I snap at people. You're resentful because of that almost. It's like, yeah. Hey, and why'd I, you tell me all this stuff for? Yeah. Yes. Oh, you hear someone so was talking. I don't care. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't care. Like, that doesn't bother. I don't care. Don't tell me. I literally had to block people because everything they were sending me in the morning was just negative. Yeah. And they didn't think it was, but it was negative to me. Yeah. So now I don't even grab my phone, wake up, honestly, and I pray that God will bless me throughout the day. And I pray that I would be a blessing to someone. Look, as I'm getting older, and I've said this plenty of times, I have more years behind me than I have in front of me. Correct, yeah. Okay? Time. I, when I'm gone, I want to be missed because I want to say that I've been blessed to be a blessing. So I want to bless others. That's what I want to do. And you are. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, man. Thank um, you. Yeah, you are. I was going to say something right now about, what were you saying about a... a Waking up, get, uh, negativity, people hitting you up in the morning. You know, so if let me say this, and if you're one of these guys or one of these gals that send me crap in Instagram or through text message, you know, just save it, yeah. just save it, because most likely you're probably not getting blocked. I don't do that to people, you know, so don't do that to me. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. What I do every morning is I journal. I do that, and it helps my writing all across the board. It helps my rapping. It helps me reflect, and I'm a, I, I feel. I have friends and I have acquaintances and I have family, but I feel alone in the world. I feel like I'm by myself. I'm born alone and I will die alone. I feel by myself. And so with my journal, I write my thoughts and I'm able to reflect and self-analyze myself. You know, I can be like, hey, I don't know why uh, this person slammed the door on me today. You know, I can write personal things to myself, but right. journaling helps me out a lot. It helps me a lot. And I write every morning, I put the timer on and I write for 10 to 15 minutes and I just free write. I could be like, oh, that woman at the supermarket was giving me the eye again. I wonder if she likes me. I don't know. I'll probably never ask her out, but she's cool. <laughs> Man, I got some gum on my boot. Those are some new boots. I wish I didn't get the gum. Maybe I shouldn't have wore them. That, just random stream of thoughts. And it really, uh, that helps me out a lot. Get, really? get rid of all that, whatever. And if I want to dump something like, oh, I don't like this person or whatever, I write it, I write it down. And then I, 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 I feel better about it without having to vent. Right. And, and give that burden to someone else, you know? Sometimes it, you need counsel, but but for the most part, I just kind of 
And, and that's good. Journal. I'm sure there's probably people out there that need help in that because journaling, I, I suggest journaling to anybody. You can write whatever you want. You can say whatever you want and there's no one that's ever going to read it. You, you could burn them when you're done. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, but just tell your truth to yourself, you know, because it's just like when people diet and they, and they cheat, you're only cheating yourself. You're only cheating yourself. Like, or you're supposed to work out and you didn't. And you're like, yeah, I've been working out. And you're only cheating yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, so. You're dieting and then you're looking around, nobody's looking, and then you, you take that piece of cake in your mouth. That's me, though. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> All good. All good. Or you say, I'm, I'm not going to drink to people, so you drink in the closet or like. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, I don't really have that problem, but yeah, yeah. No, the same thing. I probably have that problem with, uh, you know, the. Uh, Desserts, you know. <laughs> you know what? Now, let's go back to 2003. You talked about the release of your first album. Yes. Give us the title. Who produced it? The first album in 2003 was titled Taking a Shot, and it was produced by a couple of various producers. So the interesting story about that is I the very first record I ever recorded was in 1998, in the city of Oxnard with uh, with Edub, the Bocos Pero Locos, they had a studio out there and I was probably about 14 years old. And then a month after that, this is 98 and 99, I went to the Youth Authority. So I stopped recording music and I did a couple years there. And uh, and in that time, you know, I kept writing, kept journaling, kept working on it. And, and then rap became like a dream and a fantasy, like, oh, when I get out, this is what I'm gonna do. So when I got out, I got on 01 and and then I still continued to work on music and then released the project in 03. And on, so I had that record produced by E-Dub. I have some uh, records produced by a guy named Nostalgic out of Fillmore. A friend of mine named Sean Trey. Uh, and uh, who else? What other producers were on there? I think that's it. That's it. That's all I could think about right now. But it wasn't like, they were just acquaintances, friends of mine okay. that, that were helping me out. You know, they seen how passionate I was about making music. So right. They, and at that time, it's like, I'll rap over anything, you know? So Right, right. So the album drops 2003. How many songs were on that album? 12. 12. It comes out. What was the response that you were getting, being that this was your first album? I pressed up for that album. I did a thousand copies when I pressed it out. And um, people liked it, you know? People were like, wow, there's some, I have uh, some songs on there. Uh, I think it's called, it's The Unwritten Letter, where I talk about my mother's abuse with heroin and how it affects me. Um, I have some songs uh, that I like poems that I learned when I was in Youth Authority called Troubles. It's a really cool saying. It's, it's by Edmund Vance Cook. I think it's 1890 or something like that. He says, a trouble's a ton or a trouble's an ounce or a trouble is what you make it. It isn't the fact that you're hurt that counts, but only how did you take it? You see, a trouble is what you make it, right? Right. So, so I, I says, but I turn those kind of like poems and stuff into songs. So it's, it's real poetic, a lot of offbeat um you know obviously i had to work on my flow and everything but i mean you can only get better if you continue to practice if you know you so since then i've continued and and i've evolved you know so okay. when i look back at it i'm kind of like ah but it's 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 a it's a it's a moment in time for me it's like a it's like a an audio journal yes you know and it's 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 i capture that moment you know is that still available for people to buy or, or to yeah it's available to? on all streaming platforms i don't have any more hard copies they're all okay. sold out i mean so yeah but it's available on apple music on uh, itunes on spotify so you just search ronin gray and you can f and you can find that so and the, the first record i have on there is 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 titled i smoke weed that's the one produced by edub and i was 14 when i recorded that so i included that on the album because 
it was like my first collection of songs, so I wanted to get the records together, you know? Right. You know, I wanted to ask you this, because if, I, if I'm correct, uh, Cedric is from your neighborhood, correct? Correct, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember, he, he tells me, he remembers, he's like, I remember when you were a kid standing out on the corner, you know? So I think that's pretty cool, you know? And I've worked with them, I've done some acting stuff with them, like, we've probably done a few things together, so it's it's cool. And uh, much respect to Cedric, man. Yes, he's, yes, and Cedric, if you're listening, or somebody sends it to him, I want to say this, and I don't say this to a lot of people, but- And I'll, he's very supportive, he's always been very supportive. Yes. I will say this about him that I've been knowing Cedric, I want to say since the maybe 92, 93, when I first met him, mm -hmm. uh, he was with Browntown before he became yeah. Browntown Looters before Pueblo Cafe, yeah. when it was just him, Clear, and Shotgun. Okay. And um, had a dope, dope group together, but I've always have been proud of Cedric. Yeah. You know, I, like I would always see, that's one guy that I would always see, he kept it pushing. Yeah, he keeps and, climbing. He keeps climbing, yes. and 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 whether something might not go exactly how it's planned, he continues, and he's he's had moderate success. He's been he's been pretty yeah. success. in my opinion. I, I feel like he's been more successful than a lot of people. You know a lot say? of people. Yeah. You know now, um, here's another guy that I went because I've been knowing we've been on each other since teenagers, mm. uh, Mr. Cartoon. Oh yeah, yeah. Know, from the city of San Pedro, right here, and when I filmed him for my documentary. That was one of the things that I said to him. I said, hey, I don't know if you get this a lot. I said, maybe people say, you tell you you're dope all the time. Mm. It's true. But I want to say I'm proud of you, man. Yeah. That's yeah. what I told him. I said, because I seen you set up at the swamp meet, teenager, airbrushing, from that to touching the world with your art. I'm, I'm proud of them because they're some Chicanos that have endorsements by Nike, by T-Mobile, by yes. Sprite. When I see that as an artist and a person who understands the business, I'm like, ooh. These dudes are, are, yeah. are big time, you know? Yeah. And not only that, the, 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 I mean, it's, it's his tattooing and his murals that got him into that. I've had the privilege of meeting him and Esteban, and I know that they work as a team. Yeah. Um, yeah. A, a friend of mine, Rascal, took me down there one time. We finished shooting a music video, and he's like, do you want to meet him? Come on, man. We took me down there, and they were real, real, yeah. real positive, and, and they took the time to meet me and talk to me, you know? Yeah. So it was cool. It was real cool. Yeah, you know, but there was one thing that I was going to say about Cedric that just slipped my mind, but um, okay. Here it is. He's from your neighborhood. I believe this guy is from your neighborhood as well. I, I'm not sure, but I know Cedric knows him very, very well. This was an artist, and maybe you guys out there know who he is. He was supposed to be, I don't want to say the next big thing, but I will say he was supposed to be something big hmm. during the early 90s, and he was almost signed uh, to Disney. But something happened to him that he wasn't the same anymore. Oh. His name was Machete. Oh, okay. I don't know if you ever remember. Light-skinned Mexican dude. Like, he looked like he could have been in the group Menudo. No, but, of, but it sounds familiar because, I mean, that's a like a typical kind of name or whatever. Yeah. But, but And he was... Because uh, um, I remember like Cantro Machete. And right. then I remember the record label Machete because I had a friend right. that was signed to Machete. This guy was the first Machete that I Interesting. know. Interesting. All right. And light-skinned Mexican dude. Kind of long hair. That's why yeah. I said it kind of. It could have been like a, a group Menudo or, yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Very, very talented. That Disney took an interest in him, and he rapped all in Spanish. At least because I was supposed to produce his record. Oh. We were on the same record label. Could you find? Can I find him online still? Is there in, any stuff? No. See, honestly, I don't know what happened. And if anybody out there listening, and they know who Machete is, Big Cedric knows who he is. Okay. He knows him very, very well. I don't even think he's even rapping no more. The last time I saw him, um, it looked like, man, I even feel bad saying this because I hope I'm wrong, 
but it looked like he had lost his mind. Uh. And this guy was a very, very bright, intelligent person when I first met him. I mean, he'd come over and have tamales and eat food with me and my mom there. Yeah, you yeah. Know? And because I was working on his album, and his album was supposed to be like very, very militant, like a, a Mexican militant revolutionary. Yes. Yeah. So they saw that and they said, "We're gonna sign this guy." Yeah. And it never happened, dude. And it, I, I ran into him one other time, and he didn't look all there anymore, bro. Yeah. And it, it, it just shocked me. So I just, I brought him up because I thought maybe you might have known him. No, no, so, I, I don't think I've had the privilege of meeting him. But okay. I mean, I'll, I'll look him up. It'd be kind of cool to, yeah. to, to know him. Yeah. Uh, Cedric was the last guy that I know that's seen him. Yeah. And and uh, so if anybody out there knows who I'm talking about, he came out in the early 90s. And uh, he was supposed to be signed to Disney. And I was supposed to produce, produce his record. But I don't know what ever happened to him. Yeah. I think he could have, he could have. He could have almost been like, if you will, the Mexican KRS-One. Oh, wow. Yeah, Like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Political, yeah. revolutionary, yes. social, conscious. Yes. That's pretty cool. Now, your album drops in 2003. When does your next one? Walk us to give us a timeline. Okay, of so uh, 2003, Taking a Shot. I put a mixtape out in 2004 called Triple O Mixtape Volume 2 featuring artists that I'm working with. Uh, uh, 2005, I dropped an album called Simple People. Um, and that one has my first music video. My first music video was called Pow Pow Pow. They played it like on LA on TV, thanks to Big City. Yeah, I remember that. that. Millions of people seen it, I think. You know, I don't know how many people watch TV. A lot of people seen it. Right. Uh, it was a pretty crazy song about seven of my friends that were murdered in three months after my release from the Youth Authority. And we were all from different neighborhoods and we kind of banded together and we had this kind of trade going on. You know what I mean? Like yeah. through different neighborhoods, associations. And, uh, and so I write about that, and then I was, it, I was like, wow, that's crazy that people gravitated toward that song. And the video, the video is still up. It's called Pow Pow Pow. It's one of my, it's my first music video that I ever so, got. So came that out. you said seven friends were killed. Correct. Now, just to ask, because I'm a very detailed person, all together or at different? No, at different times. Yeah. So I knew that, like, that I felt like, man, like I felt weird, like, like what's going on, like. Uh, I don't understand why I wasn't one of number eight almost, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like one of them got shot at a party. The other one got hit by a semi truck. Another one, him and his brother got executed in the park. Another one, they would see these guys were all from different neighborhoods too, you know? So they had their own little issues going on in, in their, in their own neighborhoods. Yeah. Another guy didn't want to be from his neighborhood anymore. And they executed him in, in for his front yard. And, uh, I, I just, uh, I don't know. They like, just fate, you know, it's just fate. You don't know when your time we know where we're born but now where it's gonna end you know so um but it was a it was i remember because the 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 thing that sparked that is is i kept telling this friend of mine yeah i'm gonna buy a motorcycle he's like man shut up fool you ain't gonna buy no motorcycle you keep saying that so i'm like i'm not gonna call this fool for a month i'm gonna buy the motorcycle and then i call him in a month and his girlfriend answers the phone and she says, oh man ronan i've been trying to get in touch with you i couldn't find your number and i say oh what's up and she's like oh he's dead and I was like, fuck, that shit just blew my mind, you know? And, and right. like, and then just hearing about, it just seemed like a sequence of stuff happened. Now this is like early twenties and people just started dying. People just started dying, you know? So, I mean, that, that happens as we get older, you know, even now, like, like some people like, well, who is Ronan in Boyle Heights? Right. Like, and, and even with my pops, like it was like, like all that, all that bad stuff that we do when we're younger nobody even remembers it because almost all those guys are in jail most of them are dead yeah and everybody's 
and now that all that stuff that you did accumulated to build your reputation is like i don't know it's, it's <laughs> yeah it doesn't mean i should have been building my credit score or, or buying real estate or something but i didn't know you know or what bitcoin. i mean or bitcoin <laughs> you know uh but yeah so so 2005 pow 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 uh my album simple people uh 2000 there was a there was another mixtape after that triple o mixtape volume two and then the still so dangerous cd dvd that that he was talking about um that one i did i think i pressed up fifteen thousand copies of that so I, by that time i had already accumulated about fifty thousand hard copies um and then i went to jail then i got out so oh seven then i didn't release my next project till oh nine and then it started like taking like a decline oh nine eleven uh, 2014 and then I didn't record nothing for a while and then 2019 I, I dropped three projects 2020 I dropped two or three projects and I mean I'm currently working on a project now so I probably have about 15 to 20 projects you know mm -hmm. uh, maybe over 100 songs or more you know okay. uh, probably about 25 music videos probably more than 100 songs my last project uh, I'm proud of is produced by a guy named Will Power out of Atlanta Georgia and Will Power has produced for a uh, uh, Eminem, he's produced for the game. Um, Yellow Wolf was one of the big artists. He did like out the trunk music for him. So, um, and I met him while while living in Atlanta. So making these kind of connections, you know, like I find uh, the chemistry going out of town better for me because it's like I'm going to work. You know, I have to take a flight. I have to have a room. I rent a car, and it's like I'm here to work. I'm here to work on the album. It's yeah. not like I'm going down the street and. It, it becomes too much like I'm hanging out if it's too close to home. So yeah. so by taking that trip, it makes it like, here we go. It's, you you it's, focus. It's time to work. You know what I mean? So so I, the last couple of projects that I did were in Atlanta and in Houston, Texas. I work with this guy in Houston, Texas. Name, uh, so shout out to Will Power. And in Houston, Texas, I work with a guy named Solos Music. And he's done a bunch of records for people. And uh, he did two projects with me called No Bad Days, Volume 1 and Volume 2. And uh, right now I'm working on a... On, a, on another project and uh i got records by this guy named black metaphor who's produced on every rick ross album who's produced for bootsy badass and you know the, i think the sound is really good so we'll, I, but i i never have high expectations i don't uh care if if uh i do care of course i want the music to get out there and i want the masses to enjoy it but i i don't like i just have to get it out so that's why i do it Right. I have to get it out, especially when I get warmed up and I start writing. I'll take long periods of not doing music. And, and I don't know, I just like I get possessed and I want to do music and I hear the melodies and and I do it. Yeah, you yeah. know, you, you know what it is. The music yeah. takes over you and it's true. And you're like, nah. And all of a sudden it just starts. Yeah. And, and then, you know, yeah. So okay. that's my that's my musical journey thus far, you know yeah now, now as far as acting are you still acting uh yeah i'm still i'm still acting i'm still in the union uh i'm in three unions in motion picture so uh i'm in the labor's union i'm in the teamsters union and i'm in sag after and you know i still audition um when's the last about a year and a half ago i booked a pilot it was called car lot and it was ironically directed by the guy mark brown the one i started with 10 or 15 years before he auditioned me yeah and it was based it was kind of like uh like the office like the format yeah you know so it was like raunchy dry comedy kind of uh, risque you know and i played a mechanic named juan in the service department and uh you know we shot 10 episodes but then covid came and it knocked it out so 
Uh, currently, I've just been doing like crew jobs. Hmm, so okay. I work at right now. I work at Fox Studios in Century City. Okay. Okay. Yeah. How's that? How's that going for you? It's cool. I'm happy to be working. You know, I mean, there's <laughs> well, a lot, a lot of people, people, people don't want to work though. You know, I so know, so know. and it's easy. I like the routine. I like the hours. And um, Fox has been real good to me. You know, they're 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 like they're they're my Fox family. You know. Yeah. yeah. So so I appreciate that. Um, That's awesome. You know what? I just want to touch a little bit on your vlog. Okay, because okay. It's, it's available on YouTube. People can see it. Yes. People can t type in your name. Uh, it'll come up. It's got over a million views. What do you think? You know, if anything, why did he get so many views? The title of the vlog is Boyle Heights Barrios. It's on the Hood Vlogs channel, or you could type in Ronan Gray. I think, you know, when I did it, I was just being myself. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. There's not even that many people in Boyle Heights, but I think that people are interested in, in the Chicano culture. And I help Hood Vlogs produce certain vlogs with certain people. And for me, it's important that we document our history because, you know, like, like, there's so many people in gangs and drug dealing who have died and it'll all be in vain if we don't actually document it because once they gentrify those neighbor those neighborhoods they're not even going to remember we're here they're gonna they're gonna forget about us you know so if we document it then we have when we have record and account for it you know but i think that because i tell my truth and i and i and i say the names of the people that helped me and i talk about the principal and i tell the stories and i give history i i, I that's that's the only reason why I can think that people like it. And, and people say, oh, you know, you talk about the gangs, but but I can't not talk about the neighborhood and not talk about the gangs because the gangs are so interwoven in the culture. Yes. It's part of the city, you know? Right. Like it's, you cannot get around that. So of course I'm gonna address the gangs if I'm gonna walk, and, and I do that out of respect. I'm not trying to diss nobody. And uh, you know, it, I'm confident and that's the neighborhood I grew up in. And the people that matter know who i am and 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 uh and they like it you know what i'm saying they're like yeah you know you did yeah. you did a good job representing the area you know what i'm saying so and i appreciate that you know but yeah i don't know i think the biggest comment i got was on my hair you know because i have the braids or whatever but i had did a show the night before and i was like oh man uh i gotta do this vlog so i just went and did it and i didn't think it was gonna be like that but the comments the negative comments of my hair helped push the video up higher in the analytics so you know it, it works for me so uh and and i noticed that when i wear my hair like that like if if i go certain places people recognize me like oh hey man i seen you yeah i could be at trip, the gym huh? or i could be walking down melrose and yeah and uh and uh, you know yeah it's a trip yeah you know i i had been out of the public eye like for 15 years i believe yeah. okay for a long time because of rodeo radio and because of the subscribers because of the people that tune in because of the people that support what we do here believe it or not man i'm there doesn't go one day where i don't get somebody that recognizes me that's pretty cool man yeah, it, yeah. It, you know and the only the only bad i don't want to even use the word bad but for lack of better words the only bad thing about it is that sometimes i don't know if they're staring at me to start shit. oh you know i feel the same way i don't know i'm like is this food doggy me or or are they afraid just to come up and say hello right yeah it's i get that too it's weird and then because even when i had done like background i got featured a lot i was on a lot i mean a lot of tv shows i got a stack of tv shows that i was on like that so uh -huh. i would get featured a lot and uh yeah that's a weird feeling though i, I know exactly what you're talking about you're like people are staring at you and like are they looking at me because they know me is there an issue because they never come up and say but you know then you have the rare cases where someone says hey you know i i, I like your art or whatever you know or i like right. your podcast or i like whatever 
but yeah i get that i understand exactly yeah you know so so i i get that and like i just went to the liquor store to get a couple of beers and it was, hey man i know you hey i watch your show hey you know and at first when they're staring at you're like looking in your car like this and i'm like yeah. oh shit yeah who, who is this dude but you know it's all love the other day for example i was at target and yeah. i'm walking around and I'm looking at the toys. I'm one of those grown-ups that still look at toys. That's cool, yeah. You know? I mean, apparently you, yeah. you collect toys, you know? And and some guy, and I had my mask on. Some yeah. guy goes, hey, uh, are you Tony A with the Rodian Radio Show? And I was like, yeah. How, how do you recognize me? He goes, oh, I recognized you. Yeah. And I was like, all right. And he goes, can we take a picture? And I was like, <laughs> all right, cool. But I, didn't, yeah. I, just, I just put my mask like yeah, this, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But yeah, dude, like at weird places, dude, at restaurants. Uh, dude, well, I don't even want to give this one, but even in the, in the bathroom, it's one dude who's taking a leak and he's like hey that's the weirdest i've had that yeah, happen dude. to me where you're in the urinal and someone starts i remember some dude like asking me like started talking to me like why are you talking to me right now we're yeah like this is not the place to have a conversation yeah so uh but other than that man you know what it's all it's all love man and i appreciate everybody that uh, comes up to me if you want a picture cool you know if you just want to talk or chop it up because i do get a lot of people that tell me hey you know what man i know you used to dj uh, um you know can you give me some advice because you know my son wants to be a dj yeah, yeah, where yeah. can i so uh, i do all that all that too you know yeah. i go out of my way because if it wasn't for the fans bro i wouldn't be here oh yeah i think that anybody who's who's like put their work in like uh there's a friend of mine his name is uh gregory borquez he's wow. a photographer i don't know if you've ever heard of him he's from no. boyle heights no he documents a lot of gang culture in, okay. in the area um and my little brothers are photographers and he was kind enough to like talk to them and i took them to his house yeah. and he brought out his big photo book and he showed them and you know this is in the privacy of his own home and and right and and my brother's like wow he's showing them how you used to send your books to like magazines back in the day and he's like yeah i'd send this to new york and it'd be a right this is what this is called and uh uh it's necessary and it's in and and it's uh i i think it's you know like you doing what you're doing talking to other people that are djs that's that's what yeah. you're supposed to do you know i mean yeah. I, I i i talk to youth and i get so charged up when, yes. when 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 i talk to them you know and yeah it's it's cool to be able to share information and uh knowledge and and just watch people light up you know because because yeah. again like like i'm here and if i was looking at that 10 years ago i'd be like man i would have wanted right, to be what right. this guy is or how hard it is to get here but you know it's persistence my biggest f emphasis when i talk to the youth is relationships i think relationships are key and um i think i've heard 50 cents say this before who you know will put you on what you know determines how long you stay once you get in the game so so all every job i've ever had i've never submitted a resume i got hired because they know that i'm a, that i that i do well at whatever they've hired me to do that's so that's dope that's dope man you know it's funny how you said that the negative response that you got was about your hair yeah okay that that's uh, first of all that's real fucking weak that you have to pretty much let me just find so oh it's his braids okay yeah but people nitpick at everything though, at anything at yeah. anything you know like for an example if i interviewed the pope yeah and he sat right there where i guarantee you some ass wives would be like you know i don't like that guy he wears a little hat he, yeah you know he usually wears it to the side so they there's something wrong with that yeah, yeah. they'll find anything yeah, yeah you know so uh the, the hate will always be there and it's hate on purpose yeah you know well so, you know like like we were saying you were saying earlier like it's a part of the business yeah you know i used to have a friend that say if, if they're not hating you're not doing it right you know very very true a friend of mine big mac very that. true uh, uh what, what is that one quote i posted it before if you haven't been criticized ridiculed talked about you know if you can't handle that you're not ready for success yeah yeah yeah, yeah. because you are going to get it 
Yeah, I think the thing is just don't, you know, even like with music, I just say, I'm going to make whatever I want. I'm paying for everything. And, you know, if I couldn't pay my bills, nobody's offering to pay my bills. So if I want to make music and make it however I want to make it, I'm going to make it how I want. This is now that I've grown more mature, right? I right. see it and make it how I want to make it. And then if it's successful, can't nobody say nothing about it because I did it my way. Right, right, you right. Know? All good, Ronan. Listen, we come to the end of our interview. I loved having you here. Thank Is you. there Thank anything you. that I didn't ask you or anything that we need to talk about or promote? Um, I do have my, I have hard copy CDs called the gift of willpower. I probably have about 30 left. So if anyone is interested, they can hit me on my Instagram. I have no problem shipping them out anywhere in the U S and I'll sit, ship them internationally. Uh, just, you know, for extra, extra price. Um, check out the vlog Boyle Heights Barrios on YouTube and uh, leave a comment post, you know, positive or negative. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. State your opinion. We're all up, uh, uh, you know, you can find my music on uh, Spotify or Apple Music. Search Ronan Gray. Or, and uh, yeah, that's it. And think about music. L last question as far as music. What can people expect musically in 2021 from Ronan Gray? Uh, I'm working on an album called Hood Historian right now. And uh, I got some pretty cool production by this guy named Brett Bolden who was a member of the 7A3. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Yeah, of he course. helped DJ Muggs come out, and, or they had the group together. So I got a couple records from him. I got a few, a few records from Black Metaphor, who's a big time producer out of Atlanta. Um, who else do I have on there? I got Solos Music on there. And I got some kid out of Oxnard, who's like a new uh, producer. And uh, it's gonna be a fun album, 12 songs. And uh, again, I'm just doing what I like doing, you know? Doing so you and and. Yeah, like me, I let the songs run five minutes if I want, you yeah, know, like, it. like, you know, if we, you, we need that today. You man. don't have to, you don't have to listen to it. You don't have to like it. But you know, what keeps me doing it too, is there are those 50 people that still purchase stuff, you know? So every time I drop a project now, I, I uh, try to make a hundred hard copies and just make them available to, to whoever wants them. Limited edition, signed, numbered, and then the rest, you can, you can stream it, you know? So, yeah, but yeah. it's, it's nice to have something for the fans you know absolutely. tangible so absolutely so what uh with us coming to the end of our interview just let me allow me to say i want to thank you for giving me the honor and the pleasure to interview you sitting across from you learning from you hearing your story and especially about the i'm not your puppy one yeah that yeah was yeah freaking hilarious hey, thank thank you man thank you yeah, yeah and i also want to thank uh say last for coming through and blessing us with the interview as well we wish we wish you nothing but uh, uh love and respect and success so uh ronan thank you once again everybody watching uh much love much respect to you guys the rolling radio warriors i want to give a shout out to anthony for running this ship uh my son b scallons from helping me promote this and alex cervantes cervantes enterprise who also helps us here i'd like to thank my entire team and everybody who liked subscribe commented talk crap the live chat doesn't matter you guys are here much love much respect uh god bless and sunday sunday we have somebody coming in from fresno probably the biggest rapper out of fresno wow yeah he says that hip-hop is not dead it lives in fresno hey thank you for showing love to brothers from all sides you know that's what's up too hey man it's you important know you know what, like I said, brother, I've been blessed to be a blessing. So you know what? Allow me to bless you. So with that being said, good night. We're out of here. See you Sunday. <laughs>